2017, so we really wanted to get this kind of pre-draft um, set and slate of shows for each position in fantasy football, and tonight we're doing the tight ends. What's up, dudes? Not too much, man. It's good to be back. Last time I was here, we uh, we ran through some quarterbacks. Uh, you guys took care of the heavy lifting over here with Houdini <laughs> and uh, did all the running backs and wide receivers. But uh, hey, I think we're about to pound some tight ends, huh? Whoa! Oh, hey now! I, I like it. I like it. She did there. I also was just thinking about how we're almost at show two sixty nine. Uh, nice. That, that, that was all I had in my my brain the entire time we were doing this intro. Nice. But there, we're going to talk some tight ends. Some teams are a lot deeper than others, and luckily for some of these teams, this is probably the best tight end draft class. In the last decade. No doubt. Like, they no are seven, eight deep, and no matter what guy you want, like, the, if you want the athletic specimen who's never going to play, you know, a true tight end position, or if you want a guy like that, you can find one in this draft. So if your team is, you know, in need of a tight end or has an older tight end, you better hope your team, you know, spends a pick in this draft, because if not, you're going to pay for it. It's pretty remarkable, to be honest. I, um, I've been doing a little uh, draft prep and looking and doing my tiers and checking stuff out. And I think three tight ends will probably go in the first round. I know that's crazy, and I've never really seen a mock that has all three of them going. But I think that those three guys, the main uh, top guys we'll obviously talk about, I think they're all going in the first round. And imagine if... Uh, we'll go through it. We're gonna let's just let's just start with you. Want to start? You want to start with let's them? Let's just talk okay. about all those okay, guys. Because cool. when we say, "Hey, this is yeah. a team looking for the draft," let's, let's talk all these players. I'm, I think I'm the first guy on pretty much everybody's board is OJ Howard from Alabama. He is a pretty much mirror comp for Greg Olson. 
when you look at his height, weight, speed ratios that he did at the Combine, um, his blocking ability that's improved throughout his college career. Uh, the only thing that wasn't really there is his huge, huge market share uh, of receptions and targets at, at the college game because they, they ran a very heavy run-style offense, and especially last year with the run-style quarterback. Uh, my gosh, this guy, though, he looks like an animal on the field. And he was mauling people when I watched some film as a blocker. So I'm excited to see what he can do with an expanded role. Uh, I just think he might take more than one season to really be a fantasy impact guy. I don't know if I'm still going to draft a tight end unless they're in the perfect situation for fantasy, for redraft purposes. You know, O.J. Howard, I think, is going to fit in in most situations. Um when we're going, when I was kind of reviewing every team's tight end situation, it actually really dawned on me and how many teams are seem desperate for a tight end. I know, I know, a lot of offenses don't, you know, rely on uh, tight end utilization as much, but the teams that do, and you see the 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 targets and the receptions that some of these like and tight ends are getting just by because they're the only ones there who can catch a football and line up in that position. I think OJ Howard can fit pretty much. Any situation, really. There are situations better than others, obviously. He could be, like, all pro in the perfect situation. And on, on his worst day, as uh, Stag Party mentioned, he's Greg Olson. I mean, I think O.J. Howard is that talented. I think he's going to have a phenomenal career uh, no matter where he lands, even if he has a slow start, which we know some tight ends do. But uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Don't you think, though, from what you're reading, it basically seems like almost uh, a lock. He's been moving up uh, incrementally. It seems like everywhere, and again, I, when I refer to these mocks, I'm, I look at so many of them, and none of them ever turn out to be the way they are. But he, everyone seems to think he's going to the Jets. Uh, do you guys think that if that happens, then I'm scared for him. In 2017 season, I don't, I don't like him on the Jets. I mean, I don't think he'll end up going to the Jets. It just doesn't seem like a pick they'd make. I think they're going defensive player. It's just my opinion. Um, the reason you don't like it for the Jets is because former Chan Gailey system didn't utilize the tight end position in the passing game. They had the fewest receptions out of the tight end position of any team in the league over the last two years. Uh, and they ran a lot of three and four wide receiver sets. That would not be the case. Uh, with their new sort of offensive coordinator uh, and system that they're, they're deploying. They plan on using the tight end position much more. Uh, and depending who shakes out a quarterback, whether it's a Josh McCown, he's the guy who likes his ends tight. Uh, and, you know, what, Bryce Petty? Yeah, if he's going to have to chuck it downfield, I think he'll use a tight end. So I, I think the new regime on offense of the Jets would utilize him if he makes it there. I just don't see that pick... Like, tight ends are sort of super, superfluous players. When you look at rates of, hit, like, Super Bowl players being tight ends and being the most dominant at their position, it's rarely from the tight end position. I mean, Rob Gronkowski's sort of been that guy there the last couple of years, but even he's been injured. So it's just sort of got a lot to do of layers. To Where do you guys want to see him go, and then let's go on to the next guy? But real quick, as you're a oh, yeah. resident Jets fan, I, I would love to have O.J. Howard, but there's a lot of bias in me loving the shit out of O.J. Howard and just wanting any kind of player for the Jets. Yeah. I, I don't care. Anyone's going to be great. The thing is, I think they're going to be okay. We'll talk about the Jets a little later with ASJ 
and, and we'll see how that goes. But there is a lot of good fits uh, for me. I just want to talk about, I don't think he's going to fall lower than 16. I would put so much money in that because that 16 is Ozzie Newsome and that tight end loving guy there for the Baltimore Ravens. And the thing is, their tight end situation continues to be a mess between guys getting suspended and guys getting surgeries and uh, in the restructuring of the contract just because they led the league in tight end receptions last year. And you look at the, they definitely lead the league in the history of the league of uh, most tight ends on their top chart. I mean, they field more guys on that team, so those guys must be good at special teams. And bringing it back to your point, you yeah. think three players are going in the first round. That's only happened in one other draft since 2000, back in 2003. Uh, usually it's one player. I mean, 18 tight ends have been selected in the first round since the year 2000. So it's usually you know right around one player a year. There's a couple players, and over the last five years, uh, since 2011, there's been just two first-round picks spent on tight ends. Yeah, no, I believe it. And, I, you know, we'll talk about him after uh, we go uh, to the Miami guy. But, I mean, Evan Ingram's basically a wide receiver. You know, it's kind of – it's almost uh, unfair to, to slot him into the tight end action because I feel like he's just going to be a wide receiver in the NFL. Um, but let's talk, about, let's talk about David Njoku, unless you have anything else to, to say. No, you, you kind of pitched in Evan Ingram there, and I was about to jump in. Go, do, do, go on, we can go. There's no, Joku. I was just kind of going by the, the order of where people think uh, the in the draft they're going to go. But See, with guys like uh, Ingram and Joku, and even uh, a, a big favorite of mine, Bucky Hodges, the, the thing is, um, they're not traditional tight ends, but that's the way that the NFL's really going towards. And... That's why tight ends like them are starting to generate a little bit more hype than they have in the past because you don't want your, your prototypical just I need you to block and hold this whole uh, area of the field down and maybe I'll drop a pass to you. But no, we need you to stretch that field. We need you to run crisp routes. We need you to block too. Yeah. And if you got a set of hands on you and you're tall and you're a red zone threat, which all these tight ends are really becoming good at all those things, that's why they're going to go. Um, Evan Ingram, I think, is the second-best tight end in the class. Um, some people are putting him as the top, uh, the top tight end prospect in class. But those people are still throwing shade on Howard for whatever reason. Do not even listen to them. Listen to, uh, listen to me. Yeah, like, that's so much better. No, um, a lot of people want that, that, you know, that more Jordan Reed-esque type, tight yeah. end. And just because his market share was a lot higher, he seems more favorable. They're going to say that, you know, so-and-so is a better receiver, so-and-so is a better catcher. They can all do it really well. I think Ingram will fit well in the right situation. Uh, Joku on the other hand, I'm actually not... Well, one thing, let's, yeah. let's just stick, let's, we'll stick with Ingram for a minute. He, you know, and obviously a lot of these guys, Joku, the same thing. Uh, I put Nyo in there first, like Nyaki. Nyoki. Nyoki. Nyoki's a Spanish buddy of mine. Uh, that's hilarious. Nyoki, uh, but yeah, uh, that basically a lot of these guys are like, oh, he's terrible at blocking and all this stuff. And that's like the big thing with tight ends. Even, go, even going back to, you know, Greg Olson, back when he was coming out, one of the issues with him was, like, oh, he needs a lot of work on blocking. And it's, it's basically anytime you can catch the ball as a tight end coming out of college, it's rare that, that you're, that you're going to get props for being a good blocker, too. Uh, 
Ingram seems like a guy that's never going to even try to get better at it. He's always going to be split out. He's going to be like Jimmy uh, Graham. I know he doesn't have that size. I don't know he doesn't have that that size, that height that Graham does. He's really only he's only six three, but he's got the crazy speed. I mean, he's I, I don't remember what his um, four, 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 two. four four two speed. So basically, he's like running in the middle of a wide receivers uh, at, from the combine. I just think that what he he's going to be drafted essentially is just a, a split out. Um, is it, he's going to be like a slot. He's going to be a slot wide receiver that's just got size. You could say this for any of the tight ends that we're going to probably be discussing here. It really all depends on the team that they land with. Uh, the thing about uh, Ingram, he's unlike someone like OJ Howard. You can't just plug and play him. You have to actually design plays around him. Yeah. You actually have to, re, you know, readjust your entire offense for that reason. Uh, and so, is an offense willing to like, you know, invest all these play calling him? Completely like refabricate their offense and draft someone like someone like Evan Ingram and him being reliable year one. You know, so when, if we're talking about your redraft leagues, if you're targeting a guy like this, it's a risky move because it seems like it's there, but there's a lot of work to do on the back end to make yeah. it work. Designing plays for players is something that's really like: is this guy going to fit into the current scheme of the team, or do we have to change the scheme and design plays for him? That's when things really change, and players typically don't get plays drawn up for them in their rookie year. So you got to wait until that second year when they can, you know, show the coaches what they can do, and then after that, you know, okay, he can do this, this, and this. I'm going to call this this play for his, you know, sort of skill set. So that's something I'm definitely interested in. We'll bring it back to Evan Ingram. I don't give a fuck if he can block or not. Exactly. Wait, this is fantasy football. When's the last time you got a point for a tight end blocking? I want him running as many routes as possible out of the slot from the tight end. You know, I I want him flexed and I want him running all the different routes. I I, he's going to be in your fantasy football league. He is going to be a tight end at least for year one, unless a team comes out and says Evan Ingram's wide receiver and screws us all. But that guy's going to be one of the better pass-catching options out there. We've seen for years, since he was a goddamn freshman, he looked like the best pass-catcher on that team. That's a team that had Laquan Treadwell on it, you know, last year. So, I don't care. But I'm excited about Nyoku. Uh, Nyoku, because this dude can run. This dude is a monster with the ball in his hands. He will run away from people, and he might not have the elite speed of Ingram, but his yak ability and just power, sheer moves after the catch, probably better than anybody in this class. He must be so fucking strong because he does not look like he's 246 or 250. He looks a lot. He, why don't he remind me of when he's running and looking at some of the YouTube uh, highlights on him? He reminds me of uh, Al Toon. When he catches the ball, an old jet, you're a jet guy. When he catches the ball, it looks like Al Toon. He's got the real big pads. He doesn't. He's not like a thick dude. He's he, he's got. He does not have that body that I feel like. I don't know. He must be strong because he, he doesn't look like he has the weight. It's like it's like heavy muscle weight or something because he does not look like thick to me like a 250 guy at all. Um, anyway, um, yeah, he should be exciting. Watching that guy catch the ball and then turn up field. It looks like he wants to deliver punishment. It looks like he can. I saw a couple plays where he's jumping over people. He can put a nice move on you. Uh, so he's got a he's got a, a repertoire uh, post catching. 
seeing a ball that, that looks um, super uh, super refined for uh, you know a tight end coming out of uh, college. So and everything you hear about him, it's like they didn't utilize him enough. The quarterback there, the Kaya dude, wasn't getting him uh, nearly enough opportunities. And um, so uh, the upside for him, I think he's definitely going to be one of those first rounders. Um, what anything else you got to say on uh, Mr. Joku? Fuck you, Joku. No, you know I, I think. Uh, I think Joku's going to get some draft pedigree, and, and you know he has the potential to slip into the first round. I don't think he's going to, but I wouldn't be shocked if he does kind of thing. The thing is, there's going to be a lot of hype revolving around him if he does, and he's just not a, a, a guy that I'm willing to invest in year one. But it's pretty much between two tight ends. It's O.J. Howard and probably the guy I'm about to bring up next, Bucky Hodges. Now, Bucky Hodges is getting so much flack for... The, where he lined up and how he was utilizing the offense and you know he's not a traditional tight end well you can make the same argument for Evan Ingram or David no- uh, Joku right I still can't even say the name right quickly myself <laughs> you really have to look at it every time the thing about Bucky Hodges he's, he's neither that traditional size tight end nor is he that Jordan Reed-esque type of tight end he's a little bit of like a different variation of tight end because we haven't actually seen him you get utilized in either of the roles that we're familiar with seeing at the NFL. The thing is, he's got the size, he's got the measurables, he's got the speed and the agility. I don't, he didn't do three cone, but he's got all these things. He looks really good on the field. His one downfall, are he drops a lot of passes, but I think people are focusing way too many times, are, times on his drop passes and just trying to find a reason to knock him down. Um, most most uh, uh, quote-unquote experts and a lot of these uh, draft Twitter people, they're, they're not even throwing him in the tight end discussion. I, I find it a little offensive. Um, you're going to hear <laughs> Bucky Hodges here on this podcast because when you see him get drafted, you're going to be like, who the hell is that guy? And you'll be like, oh, yeah, I heard about him on uh, 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 Fantasy Football Fire. So uh, Bucky Hodges, I think he's... he's a offended. I like it. You know, Always I, sticking up for your brother. I am. I'm like, it's O.J. Howard and Bucky Hodges for me. If Bucky Hodges falls into... Any kind of a situation where they utilize a tight end, I'm jumping all over it. And I, I think if you do too, you're going to reap some rewards, man. So Bucky Hodges is basically the wide receiver version of Mike Williams. Like he's the tight end version of Mike Williams. His things that he's good at is getting up and catching the ball in contested situations, running sideline routes uh, to where he can catch the ball over his shoulder and also use his size to box out defenders. And he... You know, playing the slot position isn't something he did a lot. He was literally on the end of the fucking formation at all times, on the line of scrimmage, coming off press, and just dominating DBs. So that's something I'm excited to watch and see if he plays that sort of uh, X or Z wide receiver role, or if he does get into the slot and you know traditional tight end sets. That's something I'm going to have to see developed, but I like his athleticism for sure. Some people may consider it a, a lazy comparison, but someone you brought up earlier, the Jimmy Graham comparison, uh, they're really close in measurables. You, you, you'd be kind of shocked. You do see a lot of Jimmy Graham in Bucky Hodges, and even the way he goes up and attacks the football is almost Larry Fitzgerald this. Yeah. Just, you know, no matter the fact that he drops it, okay, but the way that he targets and high points the football is just, it's sexy as shit, man. It looks really good when it works out really well. Uh, you know, Bucky Hodges is 6'6", 257 pounds, uh, 4'5", 40 time. Uh, Jimmy Graham ran a 4'5", 6". He's got a 39-inch vertical. Jimmy Graham had a 38 and a half. 
11 foot 2 inch broad jump, uh, which is over a foot better than Jimmy Graham's, and 445 shuttle, which is the same as Jimmy Graham. Hodges didn't do the three cone, but you can see his agility on the field. He can run routes, he can make plays. So it's there's there's something that can happen there, and get on it if you get the chance. What about um, the poor fella Jake Butt? Jake Butt's great too, man. Uh, are people is are people gonna draft him based on what they what they? Thought? He's probably gonna be a top three round pick for sure. Second, third round, he'll go to a smart team that's gonna stash him for a year if they need to. Um, but he could have been one of the top three options in this class, top four options, and he's one of the more well-rounded players yeah. and can play a little bit more of the traditional tight end role. So if they're going to a team, I see Jake Butt you know, going to a team like the Bears uh, who aren't very innovative, oh, love it. You know, things along those lines, who run real traditional offenses. But you know, just some, summarizing the rest of this class, one thing I'd say I like about that guy is that even when he went to the combine, you know, yeah. imagine getting, fucking up your ACL in your final games as a pro when so many other guys sat it out and were like, "Fuck it, this is my livelihood. I'm not playing in the bowl game." And that was a trend back in the, in December and early January on on guys that were going to be first rounders saying, "I'm not playing." He went there to the combine. He's at, at being asked questions like, "I regret nothing. I wouldn't change a thing." He's like, "I don't sit out football games. I'm going to be fine." He already had a knee injury, I guess, when he was like a freshman or something. And I just liked the way he he just didn't come sulking and like, "No, I just lost myself millions of dollars." He's like, "I'm going to be fine. I'm going to get back." I wouldn't change a thing, and whoever gets that guy has got a football player. That's what I like about him. Yeah, he's got that Michigan mentality, too. I mean, it seemed like he was bred properly as a football player. Everything he seems to do, it's, it, it seems natural, and he looks like a ball player. He plays at more of a traditional tight end role. He's more of your, like, size-wise and metrics-wise, your Cameron Braves and your Jack Doyle, you can say, too, with a, maybe a little less of the... You know, receiving athleticism that you're expecting, but yeah. he could. He, you, we've seen him do it. Yeah. Uh, Todd Heap, I've seen smart. the Todd Heap, I've seen the comparison to as well, which it makes sense. Well, on different variations, but that's the kind of player that you're going to get, in Jake. But you're going to get a guy who's going to work out in the NFL. He may not give you savvy numbers, but there's always a chance if he's the only target there. If he's going to a team that doesn't have a tight end. You know, Jake Butt could be that guy. I think you're. I think you're right. He's probably a better NFL player for your team to help you win a Super Bowl than he is for. Uh, and we'll see. Hopefully, he can come back and be good. But then he is a, a fantasy football guy for you. Most tight ends are, I think. Yeah. Uh, just sort of running through the rest of the tight ends. We'll hit a couple names. Yeah. If you guys have anybody you're super interested to talk about, let me know. Uh, these are in sort of no particular order. Myler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's. Gerald Everett from USA, University of Southern Alabama. Uh, Make education great again. <laughs> this guy is sort of the Jordan Reed comp. He's a little bit smaller on the 6'2", 6'3", side, 240 pounds, runs in the 4'6", you know, caught the ball a lot, hasn't really played a typical uh, you know, tight end role, but moves around the formation, can play a little bit of H-back, you know, so maybe there's some Charles Clay to his game as well. So, so he's an interesting player who can do a lot of things. Adam Sheehan from Ashland. That's Is that how you pronounce it? I've never knew how to pronounce his name properly. It's like Shaheen or something like that. Yeah, I, I don't know. If we <laughs> didn't try to drive all the way to the combine and then turn around, I'm sure we would have learned his name, like, pronounced You know one of the things about that guy? You know what, you, what I read? That's a low blow. <laughs> you know what I, I like? It. You know what I read? Um, you know what I read about him? He just eats Chipotle. He's my guy. <laughs> like, so what do you eat? Because he's huge. 
The, the, the dudes, he's, he, he, they, I was reading, I didn't even, I'd never even heard this guy's name. I'm just looking at pure, just like height and, and weight and all this stuff. If he, when he gets drafted, he's going to be the second biggest player, second biggest tight, uh, tight end behind uh, Darren Fells. Probably now, Darren Fells. Fells on uh, Arizona or whatever. The guy is a friggin' beast. What is he? He's 6'8. Uh, like 6'8", 280. Yes, 6'8", 280, dude. So and he ran a 4.79. He ran a 4.79, and he definitely was the, he had the most reps at the combine for uh, bench press. Fucking beast. And he's Chipotle. His nickname is Chipotle. I hear he, <laughs> I hear he also used to play some, ten, or, uh, some basketball, so that's you know, good for him. You know, a little bit of small school basketball. But he's just a big dude who comps to you know, like Scott Chandler. A big motherfucker. What happened to him? He, he's just, he just—I think he got hurt, and then just starts. And he, plus got, he, was stuck he got hurt in New England, you know, the previous year. And then uh, was, before Bennett, he yeah. just then he just got hurt. So uh, jo- Jordan Leggett's a guy I also really like. He's another you know six five six six two sixty guy who can run a variety of different routes. We saw the athleticism in the national championship game. He was able to make some big plays. Uh, they also think he's another weak guy as a blocker, but man, can he catch the ball? You like about him already with all those different weapons that they had um, for uh, Clemson is that he had uh, he had eight touchdowns last year. So good. good. If you're, you're going to be able to get that many touchdowns and uh, have forty catches or whatever, um, that that means that uh, you're doing you, you can be a, you can be a weapon in the passing attack because they had a lot of they had a lot of ways for the ball to go around over there. Uh, and then just sort of finishing up, Janu Smith from Florida International. He's another super athletic guy who showed up at the Senior Bowl, real impressed. He could do a lot of different things. They also think he could play a hybrid style role like a Charles Clay did earlier in his career. And then there's a guy who was expected to be much, much higher going into the season, sort of lit down, but he's a good blocker, you know, good enough receiver, Jeremy Sprinkle. And then, you know, everybody's... Everybody's favorite is George Kittle, you know the Iowa tight end who's going to be a you know blocker. But he showed a lot of different things as an H back and fullback, and just his versatility is something I'm excited about. And his his fucking forty was blazing. He was another four five guy. So I, I'm excited by you know Houdini right now. Be rubbing his cock. No, way and sprinkle. Sprinkle. Four, six, nine. Sprinkle. No, I moved on to Kittle. Kibble. Oh, my bad, my bad. Yep. Kibble is Kittle. I moved sprinkle. on to Kittle from Sprinkle. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to be the new. We're making these up. Hope you enjoy it. Yeah, show. it's a good time. Uh, one funny thing that I read about the um, the Adam uh, Shaheen guy uh, that I thought was hilarious. Adam Chipotle. Uh, yeah, Adam <laughs> Chipotle um, is follow him on Twitter because right now he's uh, he's at Adam Shaheen, uh, A-D-A-M-S-H-A. H E E N three. He's got nine hundred and sixteen followers. So you know, let's let's get verified though. He's verified. Fuck. He's verified. (laughs) Be an early follower of him. You know, be early in on him because if this guy one day is a Pro Bowler, if the Patriots draft him and he's the next Rob Gronkowski, you'll say I was I was one of the first thousand Twitter followers. (laughs) (laughs) I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I try to squeeze that in my bio, man. Um, <laughs> did you have anyone left uh, state party? I've got a couple more that are interesting because, late, but who you got? Yeah, you know, if we're talking about kind of late guys, there are, there is one guy who I see getting mocked way later than I think he deserves to go. Um, that's Michael Roberts. Um, Michael Roberts is going to be a, 
probably a guy you're going to see go off in the fourth or fifth round. He, he's been projected like the sixth or seventh, and it doesn't make sense to me because he seems like one of the few very good, uh, not great, but very good like traditional tight end types that teams love to have around. He's going to get drafted. He's going to be uh, valuable for an NFL team. He, you may see him kind of like sit and learn for a year or two behind, let's say, a vet like Jason Witten, who I would comp him to, or like stuck somewhere. Like he's very similar to like a Vance McDonald, like the kind of guys that just kind of sit and you know he, he keeps getting uh he keeps sticking around because he can play football. He's he, a pro's he, pro. Yeah, he knows the role. Uh, Michael Roberts is one of those guys. Don't be surprised if he falls in the right situation. You start hearing some hype. Because if he falls into a situation where he's stuck behind maybe a vet like Jason Witten, who only has there maybe a handful of years left, he's going to be the Jason Witten. There you, you know go. I mean? Witten so. was never blazer speed, blazing speed, and the thing that happened with uh, Roberts is uh, poor poor running times to combine. But looking at his stats, I agree with you. Looks like last year, 40, of 45 catches, 16 of them were touchdowns. Yeah. He had 16 touchdowns last year, so the guys definitely can get it done. Uh, put that guy in the right situation like you, where he can get some tutelage from a guy that's uh, running at the end of his career, and it could be good times when, when he's ready. Two more names that I also think are interesting. Cole Hicatini uh, from Louisville. Louisville. You're faking it again. <laughs> I mean, I just yeah. wanted to say... That's a, my favorite drink. Whenever, I, whenever I'm sick of having a margarita or a... Uh, a martini, I get a Higatini. <laughs> and then the converted, also the converted quarterback from Texas, uh, Tyrone Swope. Uh, I think he's that sort of big athlete who we've That's seen. Right, that guy. Who, who we've seen, you know, just some athleticism from when on the field and at tight end. You know, we've seen you know Logan Thomas transition, and everybody was all after him after being released. So I think Swope's a guy who's going to get a late-round look from somebody looking for a de- developmental prospect at the position. That's right. And now he was he was their quarterback last year. I like the look of that guy. Wow, that's crazy. That, why did that feel like two years ago with him? Wow, that's, I like that call with, uh, with Swope's. Um, all right, well, let's move on to some of these teams. Basically, what we do is we go off of uh, the footballguys.com depth chart. Um, Basically, we'll go, and you can just you can set it up so that you're only looking at the tight ends. But we're just going to go through. We'll start with the AFC, go down in alphabetical order, and bounce over to the NFC. Um, think that's a good way to do it, or do you want me to go side by side? No, I, I can't count that. Way, <laughs> so let's go down. Okay, Baltimore Ravens. As I said, right now they have six. Uh, count them, six tight ends on their depth chart. Uh, I don't think any other team has more. Eh, maybe one team. The Cowboys have a bunch, but uh, that's a lot. Uh, obviously, they, two years ago they used Max Williams, a first rounder. That's been a rant, rant. Uh, Pitta played all 16 games last year and actually kind of performed. Benjamin Watson was a was a signing that we thought was going to be an interesting one after a, a late kind of twilight in his career. Uh, puts up a. Uh, an epic opus season for uh, the, the Saints two years ago. Didn't do jack squat last year. What happens here? I mean, is there what? what who do you who do you like for fantasy on this squad? All right, so it's a perfect place to start because it's probably one of the the messiest tight end situations. So what surprised me this off season was the fact that Dennis Pitta did not get released. Uh, they restructured his contract after his his. Surprising season last year, sure. He was super uh, catch-and-fall, you know, kind of tight end. He was very, 
very dependent on those short, short grabs. He uh, led all tight ends uh, in receptions last year with 86. But he only got two touchdowns. You know, so, like, are you truly getting your value out of a tight end? You're not re really relying on a guy like Dennis Pitta to bring you home the gold. Um, Benjamin Watson, that Achilles injury, uh, you know, kept him out. It's, you know, I, and I thought he would be the probably the tight end here in Baltimore uh, if Pitta wasn't around. But now I'm starting to think that Watson's almost expendable and... Who knows what's going on between those two? Crockett Gilmore will never be a thing anymore, so stop talking about it. Max Williams was that was Dogmatic's favorite guy for a long time. I, I knew a few guys. It made sense because if you look at the you know the situation around him, it's like he's got to be better than these guys, right? So then you got Max Williams, who was never good. Like he just happened to be the best tight end in a shitty, shitty tight end class. Um, the guy seems <laughs> to be a boss. He's falling actually further and further down the depth chart. So. I doubt he's gonna. Be, I doubt he's gonna get his fifth-year option, you know, uh, taken. Um, he, well, he doesn't have it because he's not even a first rounder. Was he late first, he, for, second, right? Was he a second rounder? He was about that that area. I, I he's forget. He's not him. a first rounder. It doesn't make say that he's a first rounder. Why do I have to have that ingrained in my head? Because everybody talked about how he was a first rounder all draft and then it all didn't draft happen. season. It didn't happen because he was basically not a very good football player. But no. if you keep talking about it. Uh, and lack of available options at tight end will sort of drive your price up. Yeah, yeah he, was up a, he was second round, 55th pick. All right, so he went actually like, mid-second. Mid All right, so but the kind of guy a lot if, uh, that I like a lot, if, if anyone has any fantasy relevancy, is the kind of guy I've been kind of pushing for about two seasons now, ever since he got drafted. That's Darren Waller. Um, I think we would have seen him bloom a little sooner if two years ago he transitioned from into a tight end from wide receiver. So I don't know why he's stuck as a wide receiver. I think he had a shitty agent or, or some shitty, uh, like, um, you know, advice. But the fact that he wasted a whole year as a wide receiver, then he got suspended last year for a few games and whatnot. Darren Waller's a guy. He's the most talented wide, uh, tight end on that team. I hope they start get pushing him to football because he can make things happen. And he's 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 going for free right now. Valverde. <laughs> okay, didn't work. I'm, I'm drinking a growler. I was hoping to get a little, a little. It didn't happen. I'll do sound effects next time. I'll make. I'm gonna fake it. So real quick. So the only in NFL tens right now, out of these five, five tight ends that I just mentioned, only one of them has an ADP, and Dennis Pitta is going as a tight end thirty. So I mean, like, why not? I mean, if you're if you're kind of banking there in the twentieth round and you need a tight end and, and Dennis Pitt is still there. Here's why, why not. not. Here's why not. Because what you said is perfect. The guy had uh, 86 catches to lead all tight ends on 121 targets and still was the 16th ranked tight end. So yeah, but that's no, price 30. But there's no way you think there's any way he gets even close to 86 catches again. Who else is the situation? Exactly the wide same. receivers are like, you're also you're, you're, you guys are both guys that don't draft the second tight end when you're when you're playing. You'll, well, you'll, you'll MF, scream. MF, MF, uh, you will, I do. will, but you won't. But in a regular redraft, you'll stream most likely. Yeah, doing Dennis Pitt is a streamer. I like, like, I like that. But I'm saying draft-wise. I agree. Okay. If we're stream, talking stream, I like it. But those numbers are coming down. And off of all that opportunity and all those catches, you right. still was a suck ball. You don't, you don't want to draft him in your season-long league. We just talked about all those rookies. There's yeah. going to be so much new. Like... It's weird. It's a weird. It was a flat season last year for tight ends, and with all this influx of talent coming in, hopefully there's some juice there because the position needs it. 
Remember who I said that where O.J. Howard will not fall past, it's the Baltimore Ravens. So just imagine if O.J. Howard goes to this situation, so subtract every single one of these tight ends, maybe keep Darren Waller around just yeah. for shits and giggles, O.J. Howard's going to be the dude. No ways around that, and he's gone by the 12-13. The thing right? is, Dennis Pitta is, you look, you look at that wide receiver core, and there's no one really proven outside of Mike Wallace. So then you look at the running backs. There's no proven pass catcher outside of Danny Woodhead. Like how? How? I mean, he's got a way for huge target numbers, and he's a guy who doesn't go very far from the line of scrimmage. With his A dot, he will have a very high catch rate. So in PPR leagues, he's a safe pick, especially as the 30th tight end. Now, I, now if he gets replaced, we're talking different things. No, but. I got you. I got you. I agree with that. He's obviously got a great rapport with Flacco. That's like he's 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 they're like Romo and Witten, those two guys. And in PPR leagues, he finished with the eighth most fantasy points. So league format changes for Dennis Pitta in a major, major way. Just because he's a guy who's going to have you know under a ten yard per reception and probably not get more than you know four touchdowns on the season. I know. Yeah. I I just want to see what happens. I want him to have his best game ever in week sixteen. Break both hips and just retire. And be like, and just have Baltimore go. He probably wouldn't walk away. He didn't walk away after his last hip injuries. Yeah. They kept telling him, you should stop playing football. He's like, nah. And look, look at what he came back and did. So, I mean, Dennis Pitt just wants to play ball. He's going to, yeah, I agree. Died. He's going to show up at the old folks' home when he's like 86. He's like, oh, I, I've already had 17 hip replacements. <laughs> um, all right, let's go on to the next team, and that is the Buffalo Bills. Duh, these guys, Logan Thomas is on that depth chart. There you go, Stag Party. Um, right now, Charles Clay is a highly paid tight end for them. Didn't bring much to the table for him last season. Um, what do you think happens there? Could they? Could he? Could he improve uh, Clay? Or all right. So if I this team scares this team scares me for fantasy. I'm excited to see what they do in the draft tomorrow because it, it's going to really mean a lot across the board for what they do. They need to, They need a lot of weaponry, I think, for Ty Guy. Absolutely. Um, the thing is, I I kind of kept my hopes up for Charles Clay after his after he got paid that contract and only caught 51 balls for 520 yards, three touchdowns. He wasn't utilized as much as I thought. Nor did it, I don't think he could ever like get open. Um, you know, ever since Miami, when they thought, hey, this is a guy we need to have on our team. Look, he can do it all. He can be a running back. He can be a receiver. He's our guy. And then last year, he just does the same exact thing. And it's like. I don't see room for improvement. If anything, I think we see what Charles Clay is, is capable of in Buffalo. Um, you're, you're gonna, and he's going as tight end 27 in uh, MFL 10s right now. He's don't. He's not a guy you want to look for. Sure, he's he's going to be sticking around because they're paying him for two more years. But Charles Clay, don't expect any kind of emergence or anything different than we've seen from him the last two years, I don't think. The thing is, Charles Clay plays better with Sammy Watkins on the field. It hasn't happened enough. Uh, Sammy Watkins, over the last season, they've played 17 of a possible 28 games together. Uh, Clay's also missed some. But Charles Clay averages 3.5 more fantasy points with Sammy Watkins on the field in PPR leagues. That is a big, big disparity. Uh, you know, he catches more touchdowns with Watkins on the field, catches for more yardage, more receptions, gets you know the same amount of targets. He's just more efficient when there's somewhere that he can't be the number one option on that passing game. And people keep expecting him to when Sammy Watkins is out. And it's just not what he can do. 
But when he's in there, he's good. And over the last two seasons, at the end of the seasons, he's always trended upwards. Yeah. Uh, and if you look at stats over the last five weeks of the season, Charles Clay's name is going to be way up there and surprise you. In the last, he only played four games uh, over the last five weeks last season and was the number four tight end in the standard score. And if you did, lo and behold, play him in your championship game last year, he lit it up for 20 points for you. So those certain people that were playing and had were streaming tight ends or had a shitty tight end or Gronk went down for him and Clay was their backup, the guy had 10 targets, 8 catches, 85 yards, and 2 TDs in championship week. So that that, that kind of that goes to what you're saying. I will say, though, over a course of the season, looking at the stats, other than the, with Miami in 2013 when he kind of stepped his game up a bit. It's pretty much the same every season over the course of the last four or five is the same exact thing. 50 catches in the 500 uh, touchdown range, three or four TDs. Um, so, let's uh, let, let, can we move on or do you want to talk about any of those backups? No. Uh, Logan Thomas is a size speed freak converted mm-hmm. from quarterback. Uh, what, uh, yeah, O'Leary still, who's just an interesting player. Uh, who he's going to be a pros pro who sticks around, but probably not going to do much for your fantasy team. Cincinnati Bengals. Tyler Eifert already doesn't know if he's going to be able to be going. In uh, it just happens every year with this guy. He's a specimen. He's a stud. Obviously, when he's in there, I think last year he was the most productive per game um, uh, tight end there was. Maybe Gronk was a little bit higher point per game, but just getting it done at the position when Eifert's in there, he's scoring his owner's fantasy football points. But he just always has a various injury. It's never like the same thing either. It's every part of his body. Um, I love him. I've had him on my team every year the last three years, and he, he, he just he just has come through the, uh, the past couple. But you just don't know. It's, it's such a worry to, to go into uh, into preseason and, and, and all that. Not with, he's probably not going to play, and then you're going to probably going to be out a couple, maybe even a couple of the first. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, you, you're always going to have that worry. I mean, because. When you go four seasons in a row without being able to play 16 games, you're like, what's going to happen next year? Sure, you always look ahead and be like, I'm, I'm going to draft and not have to worry about or expect any kind of injuries. But when Tyler Eifert's best season uh, was very dependent on his 13 touchdowns, that, that, that doesn't seem sustainable in itself. So you're wondering, hey, do I really want, you know, do I really want to take or draft or pay a top five tight end price for a guy who's that this touchdown dependent, plus he can't seem to stay healthy, uh, you know, so it's it's almost worth passing on. But at the same time, you're like, I don't know what the field looks like after guys like Tyler Eifert because you'll have guys who can uh, play more games and a lot more consistent, but they're not really scoring touchdowns. So when you get a Tyler Eifert, you're buying those touchdowns. You want. You want Dalton and company to utilize him in the red zone and use him as such, and I think a healthy AJ Green will probably help him with that again. You know, so it, it I don't know. I, I, I'm passing on the price for Eifert right now. What is the price? Tight end five. Uh, so you, you know, you're that's pretty. I'm much, with that. I'm with that. That's what I'm saying. But that's what you would expect. What round? What round is that? Uh, <clears throat> oh, that has to be closer hey, I'll, to I'll, the fifth or sixth round. I think it's usually that's, the sixth or seventh round. That's sixth that's. Round. That's 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 nerve wracking. Here's what I'll tell you. Just, I, I was able to get him last year in a keeper league. It's a smaller league, it's only ten man. But I was able to get him in like the fifteenth round. He's gonna be my keeper in that league just because just because of that value. But yeah, you, you can't. 
unless he's back and he's at least running on the sidelines and all stuff and not being held out when, 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 when the training camps and all that start and the preseason games are going on, then I'm not as worried about him because I just think that we'll see again. So that's an exciting team to look at for tomorrow night and what happens, or this weekend, what happens. But if, if he's, I don't know. If he's there, he's just so fucking good. You see, he is that top four. There are about five, maybe six guys, and this will change some of this influx of the rookies, that are kind of the, the the beast mode guys. The guys can do it for you, and he's definitely in that discussion. But the, th- the thing with Tyler Eifert is right now he says, "I don't think I'm going to be back in time for training camp, and it I sucks. don't I don't know if I'll be ready." And that's the concerning part. Like that level of you know ambiguity scares me a little bit. But it's also baked into his price a little bit because he's you're, you're drafting him at where you should in the tight end ranks. But, you know, overall, in the round you have to take him, with his touchdown upside, there is nobody like him. Um, his games over the last couple of seasons and his touchdown rate, you know, it really didn't change uh, last season. We were expecting sort of a touchdown regression from him. But the games he did play, he still scored a buttload of touchdowns. Uh, Andy Dalton looks for him first and foremost in the red zone. He gets a ton of red zone targets. So... I think that's something that's going to continue. Now, the only thing that would really change the game for me is if they added maybe Leonard Fournette. He's a better red zone runner than Jeremy Hill. We'll see if adding, you know, if they, they're a team that could add O.J. Howard uh, or a Corey Davis, Mike Williams type to the Yes, uh, so all, every name you mentioned, please. I want, I want something out of these guys that falls in that, in that category. Um, yeah, that's... <laughs> Then looking at the depth, I mean... There's nothing. Uzuma, he plays a lot of the slot sort of receiver role. Uh, so that's something. He's big, didn't really do much. Tyler Croft was probably injured as much as Tyler Eifert was last year. So, you know, very concerning for his sort of early season, early career impetus. Yeah, the, the Bengals are completely reliant on a healthy Tyler Eifert and a healthy AJ Green. Um, we have we didn't see it all last season really much, uh, at least the majority of it. So, if both those guys stay healthy, if we can get uh, Tyler Eifert on the field, he will continue to be that that red zone target. But at the same time, you know you're paying top five tight end price. Where is he going to finish? Top three to five. I mean, I, I would assume. So, I mean, is is it worth the risk paying that price? One well, last thing before you go. Watching that guy play is awesome. And it feels like he gets underutilized and underthrown. When you, when you throw a ball to, to Eifert, he's got just his body and this ability to catch it. He makes difficult catches. He can catch balls that are thrown low. He is just a good pass catcher. Sorry to interrupt you, Stakes. Just to piggyback a point, they've played just 17 games together over the last two seasons. Uh, it's, you know, A.J. Green, Tyler Eifert have been on the field for just 17 games together over the last two years. So well, that's something interesting. Uh, that's all I got on this team. Let's move over to the Cleveland Browns. Um, Gary Barnage went super slipper. Uh, I'm almost in, in a lot of the, the, the reading up for this show and, and, and looking at some of the stuff and notes from last year's draft. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking a lot, and I want to hear from you guys because you guys know the, the depth and the deep kind of uh, no-name guys under the radar guys a little more. Gary Barnage is the name that people are drafting, but what about the Seth DeVal guy? Are you guys liking where that guy could be going at ADP? And, and just, do you look at this guy's body? He's the most ripped. 
He's he's friggin' like ripped, dude. He is an athlete. Yeah, I actually have in my dynasty leagues. I have a lot of shares of Seth Devell. Um, I expected more from him last year because it was just Gary Barnage, but then. The Browns were the Browns. Nothing really worked out there. Barnes stuck around. Sure, he regressed as we expected, but I expected to see a little bit more out of uh, DeValve. And uh, but if there's anyone that has a little bit of sense, this goes back to the same thing with the Ravens and Darren Waller. If there's anyone that we can kind of see sneaking up and, and being productive and being relevant in the tight end discussion, Seth DeValve's that guy. Yeah, I think he's got some upside, but I also think Gary Barnage isn't going to come off the field very much. He didn't do it last year. I mean, he is up there in age. Uh, it's just, I, I don't know if Gary leaves a big enough role for him to Gary? But the, the, the weird thing is, what, tight end one on their team didn't score any touchdowns last season, and what, Gary Barnage and all their tight end twos seem to be the guys scoring touchdowns on a weekly basis. So that, that was... You know, sort of a shocking thing that came out of the season, but and you, see even, how, you see Howard go. You see Howard and so if they don't do the Trubinsky thing or go for the quarterback at that 12 spot, or now the big thing is them trading up a few picks. I don't know, whatever. But you hear, you see OJ being someone that's on their radar absolutely. too. And as you said earlier, let's just if OJ Howard gets drafted by any of these teams, pretty much, and they have mediocre mediocrity at the position. Just flush all of those other guys I, absolutely down the no, no, no doubt. That's that's how I feel about OJ Howard. And a lot of these teams, it seems like they're very dependent on the tight ends that they're using, like Gary Barnes, because they're pushing the money. But they're they're going to start <laughs> devoting their time and their energy and their resources. If the Browns drafted like someone someone like OJ Howard, they're going to focus completely on him. It's 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 a new age there in Cleveland. It, they I don't think they would hesitate to move forward and kind of push Gary to the side. Anything else to say on these guys? Barnage, man. He was he was like a top five, maybe top seven tight end last year. Finished 20th in non-PPR. Um, all right, let's uh, – yeah, before we go on to the next team, the Denver Broncos, uh, we are going to listen to an ad, and then when we come back, we're going to play a little quick hit song. Our uh, music today is being done by Link Ray, the old uh, surfer rock guitarist, a guy that's um, just, you've heard a lot of his songs, probably in Tarantino movies or whatever, but total beast. He created a, a style on the guitar uh, and rock and roll and rock. He basically it, it created rockabilly. Um, so when we're going to listen to this first, and then we'll come back and we'll listen to a little bit of song, and then we are going to go into the Denver Broncos.
Denver Broncos. All right, thank you, Link Ray. In, in, in lieu of Houdini's little sound bites, we're going to throw down some rockabilly uh, guitar action. Denver Broncos, they need some help at the tight end position of looks. I'm not going to say much. We've been talking about Virgil Green and how he could come around for ages. Nope. Never going to happen. Um, AJ Derby kind of looks good in some moments, but what are you expecting there? What do you guys got? I'm going to shut up on this team. I mean, that's exactly what I was going to say. There's really not much here, and I don't think there will be. The thing is, with the departure of Gary Kubiak, the, the hope that we had maybe for a little bit of involvement with the tight ends isn't there anymore. Virgil Green, he, there's no fantasy relevancy there. There won't be, this, just as you expect. We saw good things from A.J. Derby, as, as you mentioned. Um, he probably has the best chance of doing something, but that's unlikely. I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to talk about it anymore. I mean, Derby's just, just a guy. I mean... He's the guy who bounced out of fucking Iowa, which has been tight end U, went to community college, then bounced to Arkansas, which has produced some good tight ends over the last couple of years. But, you know, his college market share wasn't anything. He's not better than a 60 percentile athlete in any sort of major score. He's, you know, six foot four, 255, but he's not great. The thing that you like the most about him is you saw last preseason, he was catching touchdown passes, you know, from Tom Brown. And, you know, from Jimmy Garoppolo, he was looking good catching those balls from those guys in, in place of Gronkowski early in the preseason. He got traded mid-season. That's right. He was traded. Uh, so that's something. He, he looked good catching passes from Grady. Great. Was he traded preseason? No, I think he made the team and played a couple weeks. Okay. Trade was after week four, maybe. Okay, let's move on from the Broncos. Um, good luck with that. It could be a great target for one of those tight ends. Uh, we're talking that about. is something they are heavily mocked taking a tight end because they're pretty deep on the defensive positions. You know, running back you can get later. You know, looking at a guy like Njoku, uh, Nyo, ah, Joku, <laughs> right? To goddamn fucking Denver is a good good landing spot. <laughs> All right, let's go to the Indianapolis Colts. Oh. Jack Doyle, Doyle rule what? Team. Oh, sorry, Houston Texans. I got ahead. CJ Fedora hat. Um, there's actually some guys here. Again, I'll let you go. Fedora has had his moments last year. Ryan Griffin is a guy that should be a lot better than he is. Uh, it seems like he drops more passes than anyone whenever I'm watching that team. Uh, I'll let you guys kind of spit it out on these next few teams because I got really nothing to say on them. Um, you know, if, if there's something that kind of, you know, that Houston's, the Texans have shown a little bit of. Uh, light on, it's their tight ends, and uh, we kind of seen C.J. Fedorowicz come around, uh, we've we seen him become kind of a target hog, he kind of had to be, given the situation and how many times they they just kind of needed to fire the ball downfield, and, and you know, the Hopkins what, couldn't get open open or whatnot, so he was, uh, he was a good second option there. Um, the Check Texas, down Charlie. Yeah, the Texans knew how to make use of him, he, uh, he finished it last year with 54 receptions, 559 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, in reality, I expect more of the same, you know, but maybe even better if they get an, uh, an improvement at quarterback. The thing is, Brock Osweiler heavily targeted the tight end yeah. and has done it the past, you know, season and a half in his body of work. How does that change without Brock Osweiler 
and a guy, maybe they get a quarterback who's more willing to spread it out to his wide receivers, attack down the field more vertically, and not just dink and dunk down the field like Brock did. At least Fedorowicz has some athletic measurables that you like. His height-adjusted speed score is very good. He's a big player who can move uh, laterally. I like his... Can I ask something? What? The height-adjusted speed score. What what is that? Just for our listeners. I don't really know much about it. Um, So speed speed score is basically weight um, and 40 time in correlation. And now you take that and you add in height and you come up with height adjusted speed score and it just ends up as a one number that sort of takes size and speed Love all it. into one. Love it. Cool. So he's one of those players it, you know, in the upper percentiles of height adjusted speed score. So I, I like CJ Fedora with his talent level. You know, he sort of broke out last season at a pretty you know, good age. I just don't know what the target share is going to be for their tight ends positions without Brock Asswiper throwing the ball. You know, you bring up a good point, and sure, uh, Brock heavily targeted his tight ends. That was his thing. That's what he needed to do. The thing is, I think that mostly affects Ryan Griffin. It seemed like he loved to throw it to Ryan Griffin, and Ryan Griffin became a product of Brock Osweiler. I don't think Fedorowicz... I, I think he can kind of prevail with any quarterback. It's only uphill from there. No matter who their quarterback is, I think Fedorowicz will continue to get those targets. He will get those receptions. If anyone's going to regress with their numbers, because Griffin had a, a, a 50 receptions for 442 yards and two touchdowns, it's probably him. So, you know, more of the same with Fedorowicz. Better uh, we get a quarterback that's uh, familiar or likes to throw at the tight ends. Griffin, I think he's on his way down. See you later. All right, let's go to the um, let's go to the Indianapolis. Just so you know, my height adjusted eating score is fucking off the charts. <laughs> what's, your, what's your score? Tacos. It, it's, it is unbelievable. It doesn't matter. I can do it. I, I've got rep, my repertoire goes across every nationality, every type, hand food, fork food. Yeah. But yeah. Pussy as well. Um, I was expecting that to be on the top of the menu. <laughs> That's just dessert, man. <laughs> Uh, this is fun stuff. Uh, God damn, I'm pumped for the draft tomorrow. This position makes you even more pumped because there's so much new, exciting stuff going to happen. Jack Doyle, Indianapolis Colts. Obviously, they got rid of a, a guy that every offseason since he came into the league, we we're touting and giving him more credit than he deserves. Allen is gone, um, and he's... It's the Doyle yeah. show now. And also... No, that's not the swoop that we were talking about earlier. Um, what do you guys think? No, Jack? that's the better one. <laughs> yeah. No, that's yeah. The one. Yeah, you actually like this guy. So let's talk about Doyle because Stag Party likes Eric Swoop, uh, his athleticism. You're a big fan. I know that from last from many shows from last year. Yeah, Jack Doyle broke out last year. We, we saw it happen, and nothing could have been more favorable for Jack Doyle fans than the departure of Dwayne Allen, who was never good. Um, the thing is, uh, Jack Doyle's already being hyped, rightfully so. I mean, he's, he's in a high-powered offense. Um, he's got, got, Andrew, got paid. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got Andrew Luck thrown to him. He's going as the 14th tight end off the board in NFL 10s. Um, but that's a fair price for him. I mean, he can flirt with that tight end one number. So he's a guy that he's, 
he's worth picking up, you know, after the first dozen or so tenants go off the board. He's worth reaching for if, if, if 10 or 11 have already gone off the board. Jack Doyle, I think he's in for a good good year. We're going to see him do a lot better than someone like, let's say, Dante Moncrief. Potentially, especially for the value you can get each year. Absolutely. Uh, when we bring it back to Jack Doyle, he is not in any way an athletic monster. There's pretty much nothing athletic about the guy. He's another dad runner, as they say. You know, dad? Dad runner. Dad runs like a dad. You know, I love it. From, what, C.D. Carter? And Danny Carter has a good uh, dad runner like uh, chart. I like yeah, that. yeah, and J.J. Zacharias and... So, the late-round quarterback. So, those guys call him a dad runner. It's just true. He's not fast, but he'll get open. He'll work the zones. He'll catch the ball. Andrew Luck is a quarterback who likes to throw to his tight ends. He's going to have a pretty even distribution of each position. Those tight ends are going to get targeted. But that also leads some room. They like to run a lot of two tight end sets. And that's where Eric Swope can swoop in uh, and get <laughs> and make an impact. And we saw oh, over a couple targets last season that this guy's got some juice. And as their secondary receiving target at tight end, he can make some things happen. You know, I, I don't know if you've heard this before, but he's a former college football player or college basketball player from Miami, you know, who also did something similar. That's a Jimmy Graham guy, but he's a guy with good size, six foot five, two fifty-seven, uh, and you know he's, he's got a good forty-yard dash time in, in the four sevens, and he's just an athlete who's now learning the position more and more, and we've seen flashes from. Uh, so I like Soup as a definite dart throw late or a guy to keep on your watch list. Cool, I like it. Speaking of juice. Uh, hold on, before you go. Speaking of juice, tell us about your juice. Your, your, uh... I'm drinking water mixed with pink lemonade, the great value. And apparently it's only five calories, and I'm trying not to be such a fat fuck. I like it. You're, you're, you're drinking uh, whatever scores is going way down. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I picked up some uh, tall boys of uh, Founders All Day IPA. I know we've talked about it a few times in the show in the past, so... Yeah, we like Founders. It's definitely a pyromaniac Mo favorite. I'm, I actually am drinking a growler from Haymarket Brewery, which is a, a brewery right down the street. They do some good stuff here and there. And it's Alistair American IPA. Good times. Uh, it's over, so I will have some Belvedere days now because I'm moving over to my fifth cities. Um, let's move over to... Oh, yeah, you got one more thing. Sorry about so, just, uh So, just the other week, the Colts actually signed someone named Mo Ali Cox. Another college basketball exactly. player. I, uh, when school, I saw Appalachian State. A VCU. Damn it! You're right. Um, <laughs> the only reason I like I saw his name in the depth chart and I would uh, ignore it, but it, his name was Mo Alley Cox. <laughs> Mo Alley Cox. Let me see what this guy. More Alley Cox in my Cox. alley, and I play tight end. What you need? I need some Mo Alley Cox. Yeah, you do. <laughs> All right, so this dude's six foot seven, 250, 250 pounds. He's a basketball player. Makes sense. Uh, that transition to tight end it seems natural nowadays. Worked with Jimmy Graham. We talked about uh, other, uh, you know, a handful of guys that have have basketball backgrounds. This the only reason why I think it's relevant because if we ever hear this name down the road, it wasn't just the Colts who were looking at him. They signed him, but he was also targeted by the Buccaneers, the Chargers, the Eagles, the Jets, and the Seahawks. So 
This dude could probably play some ball. He's probably got those athletic measurables. I didn't look too far into it. Yeah. But I just saw something interesting. And, uh, awesome. you know, if the Colts can make it work and you hear a name that gets uh, used around the dinner table every night called Mo Alley Cox here in Indianapolis. It's a good fantasy team name. Yeah, yeah it's Mo Alley Cox. That's all uh, I got to say about that. basketball player. One thing to also consider, this team is definitely going to add uh, some dynamic offensive players. they got to get some running back action. They need offensive going. line. They, they, yeah, they need <laughs> offensive line. Well, they, but they tried to take care of that last year. So uh, an exciting team to see what will happen. But if, if nothing really happens at tight end, Jack Doyle could be a, a, a good time in that spot. All right, let's go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's not. Okay, you guys go as fast as we want. I mean, basically they're – they traded away Julius Thomas to the Miami what, Dolphins for a fifth-round pick. Yep. Uh, not much return for a guy they spent huge, huge money on just a couple off-seasons ago. Uh, that leaves Mercedes Lewis, who I thought entered the league at the same time as MJD, and now he's in our line of work. And I know for a fact he entered in the same draft as MJD. So that tells you all you need to know about Mercedes Lewis. Uh, Michael Rivera comes over as a free agent signing from the Oakland Raiders. He's a guy who's caught some passes, but is just a guy as a receiver. He's not anything special as an athletic specimen. Ben Koyak, he had some you know opportunities last year, really didn't show up. You know, seized the position. Now they're probably going to be looking at adding a, a tight end in the draft. But I also don't think Blake Bortles loves throwing the tight ends. So we'll see how long that relationship lasts. And we'll see how long it lasts with this sort of offense. And that's all I got for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I gotta say, that was the most impressive catch up. I said during the uh, Link Ray last time, like the next four teams, let's roll. That was like seven minutes. Nice work, fellas. Before we get to the Kansas City Chiefs, have a listen to from our sponsor, Mr. Travis Kelsey. I gotta say, all last well, last offseason, I knew this guy was gonna be the dominator. He was the guy I was targeting in. I know Cal, uh, you loved him for a couple of years, Stag Party. Um, rose to the occasion. Now he's elite. And the crazy part about it is he still there was so much left on the table of what he could have done last year. His ADP obviously is following uh, right now. He in 12-man leagues. Um, he's going uh, in early in the fourth round. Um, a little bit higher, you know. I think I was able to get him last year in five or six. Um, but place, you feel confident he's going to play 16 games. You feel confident on that um, the post pattern and the slant pattern is one of the most beautiful things you can get. Uh, it's just money in the bank, and uh, I don't know. I think they just got to be looking this off season and realizing, all right, and looking at their game film themselves. The coach will be like. We gotta just tell Alex. He's just gotta. He's gotta force the ball in there more often. What are your thoughts? Is Kelsey gonna um, progress? Where's not progress? He's gonna keep going and take the even to the next level. And essentially, I think he's. I think I've got him in my latest round of tiers. Um, he's my number two. Yeah, I've got him. I've got him ahead of Reed, um, mostly because of the injury. But and he's close to Gronk for me, just because Gronk's got all this herniated stuff, and it's not a good injury Gronk's holding on to. Uh, and I don't know. What do you guys think? Are you a Kelsey guy, or I know that I know you. you I'll just shut up. I know you're not a tight end at the, at the four or five or six guy, but go for it. Oh, you say that, but actually, in just one of my recent NFL tens, I actually took two tight ends in the top like eight rounds. 
I mean, if they follow you at the right value, they follow you. Travis Kelsey's that kind of guy you want on your team, especially if you have an additional flex position. And if, if he yes. is a better uh, receiver than some of the other receivers that you're left picking or choosing from, you got to go Travis Kelsey. And Travis Kelsey, he's stud, stud tight end. And I do think, you, you know, everything he said is right, I do think he will progress. Uh, he will continue to grow. He's still recovered from his shoulder surgery, but he's like, I'm good to go. Everyone thinks he's good to go. I believe it. You know, the dude has a really good, uh, clean uh, bill of health. The, much of the reason why you put him close to Gronk because of his injury history and why you kind of put him over Reed because his injury, his injury history. But in the three years that he's played, we've seen improvement every single year. And that's such a good thing to see with any kind of player. If you go at least three years and you're showing me progression, Ever since your rookie year, which even if your rookie year was good in itself, I'm loving it, dude. You know, as long as L. Smith, I think you need, I think he needs kind of L. Smith to kind of continue to make it work. So you know, from from 2014 when he was posting 67 receptions, five touchdowns, and you know, sure he only got four touchdowns last year, but he also caught, uh, you know, a boatload of footballs for over 1,100 yards. We may see the same amount of yardage. I'd expect those touchdown numbers to go up. Well, he's one of the two guys, him and also another guy who went over 1,000 yards. We know that. And the one thing I like that we, what you just brought up is, is huge. If you are in a league where you can play a flex or play a, tight, a second tight end, that's where the Kelsey's, that's where the Eifert's, that's where some of these other tight ends are super important. Because you're sitting there and you're comparing to them, like you said, to some of these lower-rated uh, wide receivers. And it's just, it's just a better time. Last two seasons, some of my greatest leagues, and, and one championship two years ago with the Kelsey and a uh, and a um, Eifert tandem at the tight end. So if you can do that, you got to consider that taking two tight ends is a good call if it's the right value. Uh, in that position. And the other thing I'll say quickly is it, your shoulder injury versus uh, slip discs and herniated disc injuries, a lot. If you've got injuries in your knees, your hips, your feet, your ankles, uh, and your back versus your shoulder, I'll take a shoulder any day of the week. Yeah, with Travis Kelsey, he's just a monster athlete for his size speed. There's nothing you can't not like about Travis Kelsey. We've seen him dominate, you know, uh, target share over the last couple of years. He also played, you know, about a quarter of his snaps from the slot position last year. So that's something I definitely like to see. Uh, you know, he just does everything very, very well. Right now, there's nothing you look at Travis Kelsey and, and hate. You just see him running a slant route, and he's one of the most unstoppable forces in the league. The uh, Chiefs do have some interesting depth pieces at their tight end. Demetrius Harris is a sort of guy who's made an impact in some limited plays. Uh, they added you know, Gavin Escobar from the Dallas Cowboys, and they've also got James O'Shaughnessy. They've got solid depth behind him. I just don't see a player coming out and being dynamic. I think they want to run a lot of varied sets there with Andy Reid. But Travis Kelsey is one of the top, you know, top-tier tight ends in the league. It's hard to fade him. Uh, if you can keep him for a good price, always do it. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to the last Los Angeles Chargers. And uh, Hunter Henry came out of uh, the draft class of last year, and people were super high on him then. 
And was he the high? Was he, he, was, he was the highest drafted tight end yeah. last year at pick 204, so the 36th pick overall, uh, 35th pick overall, right? Because there was no New England pick. So I'm going to go with that. 35th pick overall. Ah, uh, that's hilarious. Um, and, lived, and lived up to the hype. The kid, I'll let you talk about the numbers, but Hunter Henry now this year is, is on most draft boards and in my tiers included in probably yours. You know, he's, he's one of the top guys. You've got to be excited uh, what you can get out of him with, with, with uh, Rivers throwing the ball. Yeah, absolutely. At the same time, he's almost, you know, people, I think too many people are, are on board with him. He's going to the seventh tight end off the board in MFL 10s, and I think, he's, I think it's a little too rich for, for my blood. He had a very touchdown-dependent rookie season. We saw flashes. We know tight ends prevail. And do really well there in, well, I was about to say San Diego, but for the Chargers there. I'll and, never be mad at you if you say, you can say San Diego Chargers the whole season. I remember that day we talked about RIP. Just say know. it. Yeah. But, you know, on the other hand, Antonio Gates is still around. And no matter how many times they say, okay, I'm hearing a lot of rumors, I'll believe it when I see it, but it's saying Hunter Henry will be our guy, we're going to we're gonna devote our targets, our, our snap shares to Hunter Henry. I believe it when I see it because Antonio Gates knows how to score touchdowns really well. He knows that offense very well. I think he's going to be involved more than people expect. Antonio Gates is going as the 31st tight end off the board. So I'm almost more willing to pass on Hunter Henry, pick someone else up in the like the, the 10 range, and swoop up like uh, Antonio Gates there at the end just because I know he's probably going to score me at least three touchdowns, right? Well, I love that. I always like taking the opposite side of one of those kind of neck-and-neck players. And those guys, it's hilarious. Last year, Gates finished uh, in non-PPR 10th uh, and hit so many more opportunities. He had 93 targets versus Hunter Henry's 53. But Hunter Henry finished right not behind him at number 11. Like, literally, they both had, you know, 95 points. Those touchdowns. So, yeah. he, had the, he had the big touchdown. But when, you, when you're looking at opportunity, you know, here at Pyro, we've been talking forever. We basically started the targets. We t- grew its target touches and looks. We've been doing this, that, that, that whole charade and per- parade for six, seven years. And if you've got opportunity coming to you and it's Antonio Gates getting 93 uh, opportunities, which is, like, a top eight uh, in target opportunities for a tight end, um, you got to take that because just the touchdown dependency is too high and the ADP is too high. So I like I like your call on a. He's going to be playing and he's going to be trying. It's going to be one of those seasons where every game he's going to be kind of like reaching for another record. And when that happens, and you got an old buddy like Philip Rivers hoisting the ball, it kind of just like happens, and you get big games and you get opportunities. Yeah, Hunter Henry is just interesting in his own right because he played the more traditional inline tight end last year of the two players. Antonio Gates moved out to the slot, played nearly a quarter of his snaps out of the slot last season. Hunter Henry played under 10% of his snaps in the slot last year. So maybe Henry continues to be involved in the red zone. Had 25% of the team's red zone target share. I think Henry's going to be a weapon for them in the red zone, but now they're going to have even more weapons. We talked about Tyrell Williams and the return of Keenan Allen and you know the third wide receiver, Travis Benjamin, uh, and other guys that they also like. So they're a deep team, and also they're going to give opportunities to Melvin Gordon. So 
relying on just those touchdowns is likely to hurt. But I also think the snaps uh, increase for Hunter, Hunter Henry, and along that, his targets do as well. So, But I do think Gates is going to have some you know, going-out-in-style moments where they target him in the red zone, they get him some touchdowns, they make sure to feature him when he can. But he just doesn't have it anymore after the catch. He catches it, and that dude does not have the juice he and used to. And then fall over, yeah. So, you know, I agree with everything you're saying. I, I, I see the snap uh, snaps increasing for Hunter Henry. I'm seeing those receptions. The touchdowns are more likely to go down uh, because Tyrell Williams, Keenan Allen, Melvin Gordon, they can all score touchdowns their own way. So do you think, is, is Hunter Henry a lock for a top eight tight end season? I mean, a lock. No, nobody's a lock. <laughs> See, no, th- th- that's what, but you would say that Antonio Gates is probably a lock for a top 30 tight end season. Yeah, top 30. So, sure. Top 15. But, I mean, if we're talking like, if, if we're talking about return on investment, I think Hunter Henry is going a little too high just because I think that's where people consider the tier to drop off, so they're grabbing him while they can. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a risky move, and I think everyone should maybe just reconsider. If, if you're looking at Hunter Henry kind of in early rounds, look ahead because guys like Jason Witten are still going to be there. Guys like Antonio Gates will still be there. Uh, you know, so... I don't know. I'm kind of passing on Henry's price. I do have a couple shares, but he kept he kept falling for me in, in some leagues, but not top seven price. I agree with Henry. I've got him in that uh, tight end. He's like in tier three, which is basically seven through thirteen. Yeah, it's a clump of guys. And the one thing I'll say on top of uh, on top of that is just the fact that. Um, oh shite! I am, I'm forgetting what I was going to say. Uh, tacos. Tacos. Uh, no, I got it. Uh, what stag party? What we talked about on the wide receiver show at the AFC? There's so many balls to go around on this team, and the same thing goes with you know even with the running back situation and and and, and, and th- having to get the ball out there. There's so many mouths to feed there that I think everyone's coming down a bit. And you got Allen back in the mix now. You've got now that uh, um, there's just too many. There's just too many guys. Inman. There's just too many guys to that need the ball. So I think everyone's kind of ceiling has has been dropped a, a bit. So that's something to seriously consider. Should we move on? Yes. Okay. Let's go to the Miami Dolphins. Julius Thomas. Kind of. He was one of the. Oh, he was. He was somewhat productive at, at when you consider the tight end position. If you if you think that at the tight end position you're getting six or seven points per game in that upper top, you know, twelve kind of guys, he was there many of many of the weeks. Uh, never going to do anything extravagant or really uh, blow it out for you, but he'll always kind of give you that that floor of, of points. Does that increase now that he left um, the Jaguars and he's and he's going over to Miami? Do you feel like he's a better tight end pick this year, or is it just still Julius Thomas? No, I actually thought Julius Thomas would be a little bit better last year than or with the Jaguars than he was. But like Sagardi mentioned, it didn't seem like Blake Bortles appreciated the. You know, having a tight end around there. You know, maybe a lot of it had to do with Julius Thomas. I, I didn't have time to really decipher what was going on in there, but. Um, that whole that whole offense was a mess, and I don't think it comes down to Julius Thomas. It seemed like everyone kind of regressed and kind of had subpar years. So uh, you know, I I think Ju- I, I still like Julius Thomas. Um, I, I I still like him as a player. 
I do kind of like the fit in Miami, but there are so many red zone threats there in Miami. It's kind of ridiculous. Um, Ryan Tannehill needs all the help he can get, in my opinion. Uh, I, I, I think for the Dolphins, we will see Julius Thomas uh, scoring touchdowns for them. He will be catching passes. Do I think he's going to eclipse uh, you know, the seasons he had in Denver? Absolutely not. But he's, he should. I, 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 guarantee, like, I, I would guarantee that he's going to have a better season in Miami than he did in Jacksonville. So I like him. I mean, he's throwing his uh, tight end 19 off the board right now. Seems about right. Seems a fair price. I mean, I agree that the price is fair, and I do think he easily has a chance to surpass uh, the seasons he did in Jacksonville. Uh, mostly out of health. He played just 21 of a combined 32 games over the last two years. If he's just a little bit healthier and scores at the rate he's been scoring, he'll be fine. Uh, when he was out there, we saw that he still had some run-after-the-catch ability and that he's still uh, a very good athlete for the position. Uh, with Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill has shown that he will throw to the tight end position like he did with Charles Clay and he's done with Deion Sims and Jordan Cameron when healthy over the last couple of years. So they've got guys that Ryan Tannehill's targeted. Gase has also used him. I mean, when we talk about these seasons that he had at Denver, they were both with Adam Gase. He knows how to use you know, this guy's talents. Wow, so that's a great thing for him. And if I can get him as a you know back end, you know tight end too, that's a good price for me for that touchdown upside. I I just don't know if weekly he's got a weekly target floor that I can trust him every single week. Agreed. That's something that we're gonna have to see play out, especially you know depending on the uptick of Miami's offense because they were by far the slowest in the league last year. So, overall, I, I think he's got upside, but he's also got huge downside. I like the fact that you're saying he's the 19th guy, and I love your point with Gase. That, that, that excites me a little bit more for him. And um, One of the things that I would like to mention with the tight end position is the fact that you it's surprising, but the health isn't great at this position either. There's only, of the, of the upper echelon guys, really the only guys that stayed healthy all year, Kelsey played 16 games. Jimmy Graham played 16 games. Fleener stunk, but played 16 games. Doyle, uh, that's Olsen, always plays 16 games. Pitta, who never plays 16 games. And uh, Rudolph, that's it. And then obviously Witten always plays 16 games. But other than that, the, the position isn't, it's, 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 it's more leaning towards the running back and that kind of volatile, injury-laden spot in your fantasy lineup than you would imagine. Yeah, I, I could be making this up and uh, talking on my ass right here, but it seems like, you know, these teams are asking these tight ends to do a lot more than probably they are accustomed to doing because... Or their the, bodies can handle. Exactly. The NFL is transitioning in, in, into a certain kind of offense, and these tight ends become much more utilized and much more relevant. So, you know, it's, it's not that they can't run these routes. It's not like they're that they're good athletes, but they're, they're you know, they're putting a little bit more strain on their bodies. They're They're... They're they're uh, rolling out of blocks and then they're you know they're they're making more sudden movements they're getting more into uh, uh, one on one coverage with some linebackers and you know defensive backs so it happens but a lot of these injuries are kind of weird you know we're talking about usually about some whether it be the the standard patella or, or ankle injuries you're going more into shoulders and arms so it's kind of all over the place so I think it's yeah. kind of a hard hard thing to uh, you know, expect really. It's it just seems like it, it, it used to be because of the reason you're, they're asking them to do more than they used to. It seemed like it used to be more of like 
the tight end wasn't necessarily a position where guys were missing six games a year. They were just kind of seemed like they were like the uh, the, the the sturdy the sturdy fellas. So something something to consider. It's it, it, the, the game's changed. Uh, let's move on to unless you got anything else to say. Nope. No. Um, well, you don't want to talk about Anthony Fasano. I mean, uh, he's going to be used as a blocker because they run a lot of thirteen sets. He'll always be out there on the field. Yeah. Let's go to the New England Patriots. Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, I've never heard of this guy. Um, and Dwayne Allen are there now. Um, or is there now. Uh, Patriots, Gronk says he's all right, ready to go. We talked about it briefly. He's got some suit back. Is I mean, I've had lower back. I had a slip disc once, and it was the most miserable time of my life. It's got to be brutal. Um, I've, seen, you? I've seen Gronk at WrestleMania. I think he's good. <laughs> like, <laughs> I saw him running around with Tom, Tom Brady's jersey. Uh, at, at, at Fenway, yeah, uh, the stolen jersey. So uh, he, I'm never going to be worried. To be honest, now that Gronkowski, when we did this in in our in our mock draft, I've never ever had Gronkowski on my team in my life. I like the guy; I think he's funny as fuck. Obviously, he's been a total stud. Had a number of the best fantasy seasons at the tight end position of all time. I've never had him just because he's too rich for my blood. Now, because he misses these games. He's dropping. You can get him in that third round. You can maybe maybe get him in a fourth round in smaller leagues. Second, third round turn. Yeah, fine. Okay. So, but okay. third round, he is available. Third round. And that's where I got him. And he's never been available. And that's never been. And I'm just sitting there. It's like, I've had busts last year, Adrian Peterson, at the fifth pick in the first round with injury. I'll risk a, even a 12-game Gronk season. At, the, at that at that third round pick, and even if he, he misses games, he's gonna miss games. Just he plays it that way. He's gonna. I really really like a Gronk this year, just because finally he's not like somewhere in that sixth and seventh pick into the middle of the second round, which is always just like no fucking way. And there's so many tight ends that are gonna not have the same season, but I still want. I, I like that value in that fourth, fifth, sixth round so much better. But Gronk in the third, man. I'm looking. I looked at that round that even after you gave, I lost. You gave me the lose to PK River. There's not one person in that third round that I thought was even close to a Gronk. And I, I'm, I'm it. But go. Yeah, Gronk is just great. He didn't even have a great touchdown scoring season when he was out there last season. But he did average 21.6 yards per catch. He's just so the ability to do so many multiple things. In this offense, he's shown to be the field stretcher. He could be the red zone threat. He could be the yak guy, uh, and he's always going to be the first target uh, ahead of guys like Julian Edelman. And we'll see how that goes with Brandon Cooks now there. But he's he's probably still going to get the target share over him. And we know his touchdown upside is higher than it, nearly anybody in the league. I mean, in what? How many seasons has he been in the league? Seven. Uh, Seven seasons, he's had five double-digit yep. touchdown seasons, and then the two he didn't, they, they're both under 10 games. So he is going to get you double-digit touchdowns should he be healthy. Should he play at least you know 11 games, he's probably getting you 10 touchdowns. One other, one other thing I want to say about him when you look at his game logs from last year, throw out, he, so he missed the first two games, injury, Throw out that week three and that week four because they were just, they were literally just, I don't know how many 
He played like a combined 18 snaps. Yeah, I don't know how many snaps it was, but he wasn't playing. Just take that. So take week three, week four out of there. And then week 12, he got injured like on the first or second series. He knew it was serious. Went back out there and like for one play and then was gone. Went to the IR. So literally what that tells me is he had one, two, three, five games. Wasn't an eight game. It wasn't an eight game season last year. Five game season last year for that guy. 540 yards, only those three TDs, but it, it, just remember that. Those, that guy's, when he's playing and healthy, he's, he's, he's pretty much the best. On a per game basis, he's just two or three points better than every tight end in the league. Yeah, and not to mention, you know, he, he's giving me the same old ground. Nothing's really changed. I think, like uh, Stegbart mentioned, the, the emergence or the addition of Brandon Cooks is worth mentioning. Because I'll continue to say that a target hog like Brandon Cooks matters, and he, I think he's going to continue to matter his career. But he, Gronkowski, uh, dependent on his uh, health, it's all health. He, sh- he should be the tight end one as long as Tom Brady's throwing him the football. And I knew you would mention something about the whole mock draft and me putting Ripper over you. <laughs> the only thing is, Ripper also had Kels, so it's not like you like trounced on him. I got you. You know what I mean? It was I close. It was fun. Hey, it was enjoyable. I, we're gonna, we are gonna have to put those, to put those. We have to put some scores. We have there. to put those yeah. scores because <laughs> I think, I think, I think my team smokes this. But of course I do. Uh-huh. Okay, Dwayne Allen. You know they traded for him at the time. It looked like a great trade for Dwayne Allen. It looked like he was gonna be used all the time, used as a blocker, used as sort of the receiver, sort of used in the Martellus Bennett role, and then they trade for Brandon Cooks. And then it's like, oh, I'm never going to fucking see Dwayne Allen. It's like, okay, I'm not considering him for fantasy, but he would be a decent handcuff if something were to happen to Gronk. Like, I think he could be good in that offense. I know he's not a great player, but he's a sturdy enough blocker. His shown ability to score some touchdowns in the red zone and fall back into the end zone mostly. But They're going to draft one of those tight ends. Maybe. They'd be a Jake Wood. They'd be a Jake Butt team. This is like the draft. Or that, or that Adam uh, Shaheen. That'd be sick. Adam Chipotle. Yeah, Mr. Chipotle. They're going to draft one of those guys just because, you know, rest in peace, Aaron Hernandez. All right, let's move on from this team, Patriots. Uh, your squad, New York. Oh, actually, before we get to the New York Jets, nice work. We did two in a row. We're doing pretty good, but we got to keep going fast. Um... Let's listen to uh, one of our sponsors before we get to the NY Jets, Jets, Jets. All right, you mentioned him a little briefly in the earlier as ASJ suspended. What is he suspended? Two games uh, for an incident he had. Uh, I think it was a was a DUI. See, I don't even remember DUI, maybe or some. Something that I think he put inside his body. One way or another, right? <laughs> or something that got put inside his body. Yeah. So, yeah. I think we can go... Re- actually, I think we can go really quick yeah, on yeah. this team. You guys go for it, but I think this is a quick This is a quick team. I'm just going to hit on this real quick. Uh, the Jets and their tight ends, it hasn't worked out. It also wasn't working out so much in Chan Gailey's offense. Um, ASJ, I'm a, I'm a, I've always been a fan of his, even when he was in Tampa Bay, but it's like, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? How long are we going to wait for you to become a thing? Now he's suspended for two games. You know, he's a 10-set head, but he has the athleticism <laughs> to be relevant. You know, I think Josh McCown could help. 
I, I think McCowns, he likes his tight ends. I think he get ASJ relevant. And you know what? The fact that ASJ didn't get in trouble last year when he got limited playing time, limited targets, he was just, you know, he probably he was humble. He was, he was dropped. Exactly. Great. So he, humble you. So, but the, the fact that he stayed clean all throughout that little, you know, like low tempo thing for him, he, he probably thinks he's fucking awesome. The fact that he stayed cool <laughs> and calm in New York. Didn't get no fucking no more trouble. I, I was just like, okay, maybe this guy's trying to start over. Maybe this year's his year, and I'll, I'll sit on him. I'll, I'll, I'll see what happens. In the immortal words of TLC, I don't want no scrubs. <laughs> In the immortal words of TLC, uh, don't go wishing for water. Chasing, chasing, chasing water. No, don't go chasing water. I'm so glad I don't know the lyrics to that. But don't go chasing waterfalls. It's been in some real good movies, all right? Yeah, Waz is trying to chase the waterfall of fucking ASJ. No, but honestly, honestly I, I like your point, but you're, 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 I like your point. I'm, I'm not going out to draft him. I'm, I'm not saying buy this guy now, but he's, I think he could become a thing. Just, just, just wait, all right? So just to wrap up, they did let go of Chan Gailey, so now they're going with what? John Morton, is that his name? Morton. Uh, he is not going to run as many four wide receiver sets as Chan Gailey. Chan Gailey runs more five, four wide receiver sets than any coach in the league. He's a pure spread you know, offensive coach that is likely to not be around anymore. So one tight end and two tight end sets could be a lot more prevalent in New York. And that's one of the reasons O.J. Howard is being mocked there so much. And the Jets, just in general, we mentioned this in uh, the AFC show for wide receivers. Not going to score a lot of points, guys. So stick away. Stay away from teams that aren't scoring a lot of points because it's going to be hard for your fantasy football players to be very successful there. The one thing I'll say, Johnny Morton, YouTube his first MMA fight. Do you guys know that he, he after his uh, NFL career, he's a wide receiver for uh, the Lions, played at USC. He had an MMA career. His first fight ever, like, I think. I might be botching it, but I think it's a one punch and done. Oh. <laughs> he came out, he's like, I'm an NFLer, I've been training, he did the whole thing, and it was like, shaboom, boom. All right, Johnny Morton, I think your MMA career is over. Let's go back and be an offensive coordinator. Uh, let's go to the Oakland Raiders. Jared Cook, a guy that missed a bunch of games last year, so you don't really know what you get with him, was playing, had one of the best catches of the season. Um, in that playoff game to allow the, uh, the Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers to win that unbelievable comeback game. But um, Jared Cook, another guy that just hasn't really always – has all the talent, has the has it all. It's never really just come together to make a great dish. Yeah, Jared Cook's pretty much just a freak fucking athlete who we haven't seen him put it together for a full season. And I don't know if we're going to see him do that. But I also don't know if they need him to do that. He's going to be a complimentary piece in this offense. And the piece of the pie, you know, probably isn't as big for Jared Cook, you know, in this landing spot. It's hard to project more than 80 targets for this guy. Getting more than four, five targets a game just doesn't look like a prime opportunity. So while he's one of the most athletic, you know, tight ends out there, I just don't know how big of a target share he is going to see with these wide receivers on the field. Um, but we know he can be a matchup nightmare. I mean, he's a freak fucking athlete. Yeah, uh, you know, there's uh, 
He is a freak athlete, but I just don't like what I see when I watch him play football. Um, I think a lot of people, I, people are chasing the hype, but at the same time, they're really not because he's actually being, uh, he's falling f- further and further in drafts to the end of like, uh, you know, tight end two, uh, where tight end 22 it, it actually is. I think he's just another target there for Derek Carr, like you mentioned. Um, you know, after Amari, after Crabtree, you get uh, Cordell Patterson involved. You get Marshawn Lynch running that football. You got you got playmakers all around. Jared Cook, I don't think he's going to be utilized too much. I don't think they're going to have to depend on him. Maybe you might see him kind of as a red zone kind of guy uh, in those short and goal situations where, you know, they're going to run the play action, pretend to give it to Marshawn, doesn't happen. Just kind of throw it up to uh, Jared Cook. But... Oh, let's just talk Marshawn. Fuck talking more Jared Cook. <laughs> Marshawn Lynch. You see my post official. on Facebook today? Did yeah. the interview? With his little quote? Yeah. And, and again and again and again. So what are you saying? Just hit the motherfucker in the face. He don't want nothing to do with you. Oh, that's old, man. I like <laughs> that. Oh, it's old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually, well, he actually had another recent quote uh, I saw today, but I probably won't be able to find it. it oh, I'm so happy he's back in the league. Hope he can do something for him. Um... Anyway, we're talking we're talking tight ends. Clive Walford has two three year window uh, uh, seemed to have evaporated. Uh, let's evaporate no, from yeah. this whole team. No, no never gonna not gonna happen anymore. Uh, moved on. I liked I, I liked him out of Miami. That's it's a bummer. Just shows you how hard the tight end position is to make that jump. Uh, uh, all right, let's go. Pittsburgh Steelers, Jesse James and Ladarius Green. Let's talk those guys. I'll let you guys talk them. All right, I, I hate them both. So Jesse James, by process of elimination, and Ladarius Green continuing to be unable to keep a clear head, uh, you know, Jesse James becomes a starting tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who love to throw the football. Um, the team, uh, you know, Ben's gone on quoted saying, "Hey, uh, you know, we like this guy. Coaching staff team likes him. Super young. I think he's only 22 years old." Um, last I think year, you're trying too hard. <laughs> they are the Steelers. No, I think you're trying to talk yeah. up Jesse James. Here's the thing. Because <laughs> Ladarius Green, R.I.P. Listen, the dude's, dude's done. I'm done chasing I've been, that. I've been saying it for three yeah. years, dude. And, and you know, he's, Sucks. He's, still, he's being drafted before Jesse James. The only reason I'm saying Jesse James is relevant is because he's going uh, as uh, tight end 34 off the board. He's playing for the Steelers. There's going to be a target share there one way or another. I don't care. Ben Roethlisberger's going to continue to throw that football to like everybody, whether Martavis Bryant's there or he's not. Antonio Brown will get footballs. Le'Veon Bell's going to get footballs. There's some relevancy there. Don't go paying anything for him, but it's worth looking at it for a streaming option. I think uh, when we started the show, you said Dennis Pitt is a, a catch and fall to his knees guy. There's no yak. There's no turn up. There's no anything. That I mean, Jesse James is, is that and, 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 and then some. I mean, there's literally like that guy catches it, goes to his knees, and done. I Jesse James does not hard. catch it and go to his <laughs> knees. That is false. Jesse James catches the ball, runs two yards back towards the quarterback, and tackles himself because he's a negative fucking runner. That's one hell of an athlete, so he's playing receiver, running back, and uh, defense. No, he's, he's a What a stud muffin, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse James played nearly every goddamn snap last year. and Opportunity. Six, I know. And had just 60 targets. Like... 
We expected so much more, but you can't even get targets being on the field nearly all the goddamn time. Why am I going to trust you as a fantasy option? Okay, like, so do we think this is a team that's going to draft a tight end? And if not, they could. And if they not, could be another team that adds a weapon like a tight end. If not, the then you go. You talk about Ladarius Green, and I'll, I'm going to tell you. If you give this guy props. That this is going to be the friggin' season. I'm going to tell. I, we, we are. We, we're. I mean, I'm going to take Darius Green a hundred times out of a hundred over Jesse James. That is not saying much. Okay. Well, okay. Just go. Just go. You're on your own. I'm not. We're not going to combat anything. A hundred times out of a hundred, Jesse James. You haven't been burned by this motherfucker enough. Okay. I don't care. It's upside. Like. Well, Darius Green over Jesse James. Like one cleared his head. He's got, there's some. There's something in his head that's not clear. Stag party is fired up right now. He's like, oh, he's good. Trembling this over there. This is good. He's been, but he's been a Ladarius Green truther for years. So and he's coming down. He's coming down. I can tell because you, you know, even last year he's like Ladarius Green finally getting get his opportunity. I'm like, fuck's sake, no chance. He's just not good. Every All I'm football player. I mean, he's probably one of the best athletes in the position. Just can't no stay doubt. healthy. That's it's like great. Jared Cook. It's great. Like Jared Cook. He's not a football player. It just can't seem to put it together for a full season and like has injury history. Like I can't stop him from getting a concussion, but I will take him every single fucking time in a draft over Jesse James. No, I, I agree. I'm I not agree saying, with that too. Look, because Ladarius Green is also going like rounds and rounds and rounds before Jesse James. I have zero shares of uh, James, nor am I going out to try to draft him. But for those people who are maybe still on board with Green, I don't know. It's just something. It's a streaming option. I mean, if you yeah. like, if you like self-imposed inflicting pain again love, and again and again, then amen. If that's your thing, do it. I don't think anyone doesn't love Ladarius Green. I think some of us are just tired and would like to move on some other place. <laughs> yeah, but Jesse James in 16 games had 51.8 fantasy points. Ladarius Green in six games had. 36.4 fantasy points had you know, that's like what 15 fantasy points of a difference like it's not good for 10 games like what sounds oh. like sounds like I'm staying away from Pittsburgh Steelers tight ends I would let's, do that let's move over to the Tennessee Titans uh, as our last team before we head over to the NFC um, let's kind of talk quickly about them because we know Delaney Walker top five guy let's just uh, no that's it uh, you know uh, he has that top five upside he's uh, Mar- Marcus Mariota loves him. He's going to continue to be Tarkov. We started seeing a little bit of decline. We, we started seeing a little bit of a, a decline there. Yeah, he caught 65 passes last year for 800 yards. But we, we're starting to see a decline here with Walker, and I think it's we're due. Um, he's old. Yeah, he, he's getting up there. I mean, he's probably, what, 32? He's 32 right now. Yeah. going to be 33 by the time the season starts. But also, in line with that, he played 34% of his snaps in the slot last year. If they add a wide receiver, how much more does he play out there? What what do they do in two tight end sets? Because they ran him a lot last year. You know, things can change for him. He, he's, he's a great player. He runs a good 40. But he, he's not the tallest player. Uh, he's not the tallest tight end. Uh, he's done some good things in the red zone over the last couple years, but he's never been a true, true dominator. I, I think we've seen the best of what we can from Delaney Walker. I agree, and uh, you know, you you said exactly what I was thinking. 
It's very dependent on if they bring in the Tennessee. Everyone keeps mocking some kind of receiving threat one way or another. Going to the Tennessee. Corey Davis is obviously in every free. By, by, the, by the time you listen to this, there won't be a mock anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be great. And the thing is, uh, Delaney Walker going to eighth tight end off the board, he always returns value year after Agreed. year. If you want a safe guy, if you want a return on investment on your tight end, Delaney Walker is going to be your guy. No matter where you draft him, he's just... So reliable in that aspect. I agree. I think you're gonna, you know what you're going to get with him. If you grab him as the eighth tight end, he's going to produce eight or better. And he, so he's, he comes at an ADP that's, that's equal to what you're going to get out of him. Uh, and the one thing to know about his age is he was dormant. In his first, in a lot of his early uh, times being with the San Francisco 49ers because he was behind uh, Vernon Davis. And if you ever want to jerk off to a hot, broad, um, Delaney Walker's wife is a good one to do so, too. Um, we will move over to the NFC, but before we do that, we are going to listen to a little bit of a sponsor. I'm sure our sponsors would love my my verbose mouth and with the shit I talk about. Yeah, after after your that, jerk off transition. After that segue, <laughs> yeah, per, yeah, let's jerk off and listen to this. And let's jerk off to this sponsor. Uh, we are going to listen to music after this sponsor. It's going to be the uh, little little segue into our NFC. I got both stag party and was rolling their eyes like fuck's sake Noonan we, I want to go yeah we but thought wanna, this was going to be quick right yeah, hour it doesn't happen doesn't <laughs> happen so Christ's sake we're going to do it listen to this sponsor and we love ya
fucking good. Link Ray, give it to us. All right, Arizona Cardinals. This should be pretty friggin' quick. Yeah, this should be pretty quick. I mean, there's only one guy, Jermaine Gresham. And the thing is, uh, he should undoubtedly return value at his 38 tight end off the board price. I mean, he's the perfect, I think, tight end two to pair with the top 15 guy. If you just need a guy uh, who's going to be playing almost every damn snap, uh, he's going to be out there making plays. Um, Do you get points for snaps, though? No, exactly. But, but the opportunities, I think, is going to be out there because guys like John Brown, who people love, aren't as good as people think they are. You know, So I Jermaine Gresham, he, he knows the offense. He knows how to play ball. I know we haven't seen him ever come to emergence. He always seems like a guy who's ready to break out. He won't break out. But I'm saying he's, he's, he's a streamer. He's going to give you a week or two. Yeah, and Jermaine Gresham, after the start to the season he had where he did literally nothing and he was the backup to Darren Fells, it, once he became the like, full-time starter in Week 10, it, it, you know, he had double-digit target games. He's more of a 5-for-50 type receiver in PPR leagues where he has more value there. He's not, even despite his size, he's probably not going to be a great touchdown scorer with David Johnson on the roster. But he did provide a, a different sort of look for them with David Johnson. He allows them to run single back, and he can block and then also just turn around and catch a touchdown pass. Yeah, if we're doing like tight end sleepers, uh, Jermaine Gresham would be on the list for me. Cool. I like it. Um, Atlanta Falcons. Austin Hooper, second, as we mentioned earlier in the show, second tight end taken in the draft of last year. Uh, got sick of talking about Tuolo, Mr. Levine. Um, is uh, is Hooper a guy that you guys like the progression from one to two? I, I, I do, um, and especially since Jake and Tammy's gone. I mean, so we're going to see Austin Hooper get thrown into the starting tight end role and be that guy. And do I think he's going to catch more than 19 passes? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, looking at three to five to maybe six touchdowns is doable since someone like Julio Jones isn't a touchdown guy. You know, Devontae Freeman is still going to get his, but Austin Hooper can be a red zone threat. And, uh, you know, Toy Lolo still around does keep me a little bullish on what kind of output he can have. But he's someone I'm buying at his price of tight end 17. Yeah, I, I like Hooper. I like his upside going. What's in. Hooper at? 17. Jesus. I like Hooper going. Like that in. a lot. I like him going into the season. I think he could do more than he did last season. I, I think he was very involved in certain games where Tammy missed, and that's where you got to see the glimpses. And Hooper's, you know, a big guy at six foot four, six foot five, two fifty five. He moves well. He can block. And now with the year in that system, uh, I think he's got a lot to show for. Uh, now we'll see how you know a new. Uh, Offensive coordinator uses the tight end position. That that scares me a little bit. But if I'm looking for somebody with upside as a tight end, too, Hooper's one of my targets. For sure. Cool. I like it. Carolina. Would, would not be yeah. comfortable with him as a one, though. Nope. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, Going to have a nice career ahead of him, though, for Shizzo. Uh, Carolina Panthers. Greg Olson. Guy's going to be 32. Uh, he is 32. Going to be 33 during uh, at some point. Within the next year. <laughs> uh, but he's wow. such a, I'm amazing. My math is unbelievable. But what a, what a beast this guy is that he's still able to do it year in and year out. Is the drop-off coming or does it just not matter with this guy? Is he still there? See, I think it's going to confuse us because his touchdown numbers went down to three touchdowns last year. And do I think he's still good for 80 receptions and 1,000 yards? 
Yeah, why not? I think Greg Olson is as safe as it gets if we're talking tight ends and for his kind of output. Um, I'd expect him to score more than three touchdowns. He's going to have a better year. He could. I, I think he's going to have a better year than he did last year. Uh, just based on exactly how they're planning, I guess, to use Cam Newton. They don't want him moving around too much, so he's going to have more of a pocket presence. He's going to need a little. The whole team sucked balls. Yeah, offensively he's going to lean a little bit more on Greg Olson, and we're going to see those numbers probably creep back up. So, one thing to be concerned about with Greg Olson is he's pretty much their slot receiver. Plays like two thirds of or a third of his snaps in the slot. Uh, very, very active in playing that position. Played pretty much the most uh, snaps in the slot of any tight end last year. Very, very good out of the slot. Now when he gets bumped in, things change a little bit. He's not as great, but I still think he's locked in. After we talk about those four you know, top three guys, Greg Olson is right there at four. It's the easiest pick to make. Right in the fifth round, just take Greg Olson. He's going to give you that 80,000, and you know he's got upside for more than the touchdowns. I think Cam Newton's touchdown rate's going to go back up to career norms. So I, I like that aspect for him. Do you guys like uh, McCaffrey if he goes to the team tomorrow night? Is that is that help him or hurt him? Oh, I, I don't think it affects him really at all because I think it's going to probably help Cam a little bit and maybe open up some more opportunities to get Greg Olson the ball. Cool. I, I, I don't think it really is going to affect him positively or negatively. All right, like it. The Chicago Bears. It's just a shame that we don't have this draft here tomorrow, but we had a good two-year run. Uh, Zach Miller. He's 32 as well, I think, maybe even 33. Uh, we've got some serious trubs at uh, tight end, unless you love that old fella. Um, what do you, your, uh, what do you guys have? What are your Zach Miller's a fucking freak athlete. Like he's, but he's been through so many goddamn injuries. Yeah. Uh, been out of the league for years at a time. Yeah, he's missed like five seasons combined, but. He, when he was in there last year, he was one of the top five tight ends in the league in Agreed. scoring. So, should he get back and get healthy from what? His broken foot, which is... List rank. I mean, it's serious. It's more than Did just... He had the list rank? He, his second one. He had it on his other foot in the past. That's why he's saying he's a freak. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, so I, I think he's literally ran out of his own goddamn feet. He's, he's <laughs> such an athlete. But uh, Zach Miller, former quarterback, knows just knows where to be in zone. Athletic enough to beat guys in man. And if they add somebody, I mean, they added Deion Sims, who's more of a blocker. Uh, the rest of their tight end core is nothing. I think Zach Miller is probably going – what's he going at in drafts? Uh, Miller's the 28th tight end off the board. I, I think that's a very good value. Uh, he just needs to get back in you know, some semblance of health. Uh, Mike Glennon isn't a very good quarterback, and he doesn't have the strongest arm. So I look for the that guy. Helps. I look for the guy over the middle to be his little quick check down security blanket. I think Zach Miller could have a big Dennis Pittle like uh, effect on the game. While he might not be a huge fantasy score, will be better in PPR than standard. If the Bears don't address the, the tight end position in the draft, they're fucking morons. Yeah. I think they've got to. Uh, I was given an email today as someone who buys Bears tickets over the years to buy individual uh, games and fuck off. Not going <laughs> to happen. I would rather trade 
nuggets of marijuana for tickets when the season comes around. Nuggets for D Rex. Start the hashtag. It's a piece. Yeah, it's Nug- a piece. It's a piece. I've got the nuggets. <laughs> I'll. I, I just go up to some guy like, hey, you want a game? Yeah, here's the, here's the nuggets. Bruce Banner. <laughs> shit's kind as hell. You'll be the Hulk after you smoke it. Give me a couple of those tickets. Um, let's go on to the. Oh wait, hold on. We moved fast. I like it. Uh, we're gonna do a little sponsor action before we get into the Dallas Cowboys. Witten has signed a contract uh, through um, age 56 this offseason, and I'm still loving it because that guy's just a beast. Yeah, and there's no guaranteed money because when you start pushing uh, someone, uh, Jason Wayne, who's 31, 32. 30, oh, no, no, no. 30, he's older than that. Is he? Okay, well, they pushed him. like They, they got him through like his Four. age 38 season or something like that. I mean, it's... Zero guaranteed dollars, but still, they're like, we want you to be a cowboy until the end of your career. He's they, 35, right? 35, unreal. That, I mean, wow, unreal. Just turned 35. And you know, he just finished. He just played another 16 games. He is. Has he ever? Yeah, he's never missed a game. I think his first season. His first season. Yeah, first okay. season. But yeah, but, I mean, but that, we can usually wash away first seasons because they're usually slow to start. But whatever. But uh, Jason Wynn, uh, his yards per catch is starting to dwindle, but that could be a result of Dak Prescott and a little bit of change of quarterback over the years. But he's very consistent for tight end two numbers. And he often will flirt with tight end one scoring weeks. Uh, Jason Wynn is as safe as, you know, I, I said Greg Olson's as safe as it gets, but that was for tight end one. If we're talking about, like, for the 20 tight end off the board, Jason Wynn is super safe, uh, and he's going off at the same time as a lot of these guys who are unknowns at this point. So I don't know where all the hate for Witten's coming from. He's going to be same old Witten. The fact that the team pushed him for four more years kind of gives you a little confidence that he's all right. He's, he's going to be playing some more football games. Yeah, he's another guy that's going to play nearly every percent of the yeah, – every fucking snap in the game. Uh, he's not going to come off the field. He's going to get some targets. Uh, but, yeah, he's not one of those effective players anymore to where, you know, he's super dynamic after the catch. He's another, you know, dad runner who's not an uber athlete anymore. He used to be quick, but now he uses his savvy to get in between defenders. Well, you haven't seen that Geico commercial? He looks quick in and out of that, in that Geico commercial. I guess I literally haven't seen that guy. We before. just stared at him like, <laughs> what? go like, on. No, I haven't seen it. All right, <laughs> listen. Listen, cooler, yeah. he, he finally got he finally got a little sponsorship money and endorsement money through Geico. Our our listeners have seen it. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's all. I mean, besides Jason Witten probably being a value and gonna sure to outshine his sort of ADP. The rest of this depth chart doesn't have much on it. I could see them adding a uh, tight end in the draft as an eventual replacement. Can I ask a question? I'm spacing his name. Shocker. But what was the guy, Castro, or the guy they drafted? Escobar. Gavin what Escobar. happened to him? Is he out of the league? No, he's on the they, yeah, I, I, they released him. He was, a, he was so a, Escobar, and that was like I think second, his contract that was, was just up. He was a second round pick. So yeah, they thought, they, they, they were second round pick out years ago thinking he he was supposed to be like the next the, the Jason Eric Witten, Eric. but then Jason Witten is like uh, still man. still James Witten. Yeah, yeah. And they're, so they're not going to pull the same thing that the Chargers pulled and hang on to their second best tight end for too long. You know, so they're like, okay, you're going to run that so long. Good luck. See ya. All right, let's move on to the uh, Detroit Lions. Uh, Ebron, 
I've been hearing some rumors that they're they're thinking about grabbing a tight end as well. Ebron's kind of probably worn out his welcome a little bit. He's I mean, got everything under the sun. Yeah, yeah, should be awesome. Every year you think he's going to be fantasy relevant. You think he's going to be able to do things in that offense, which last year had a lot of potency, and he's still just um, kind of a lackluster and. Uh, and that becomes exhausting, not only for the Lions, and that's why they're looking at a super sexy tight end class, but also for fantasy owners, because it, it seems like the fact that he's still going as a tight end one, the 12 tight end off the board, that people can't let him go just yet. <laughs> because you're like, oh, he can't miss all the games again. You know, we did the same thing with several tight ends. We did it with, with uh, the Darius Green, we're talking about example. How long do we wait on a talent to finally produce? It seems like Matthew Stafford and the Lions need him. I mean, you're looking at ever since uh, Kelvin Johnson walked away, they're like, Ebron, he's got to catch a whole bunch yeah. of those passes. That was our argument last year. And Golden Tate, but I mean, like, Ebron, you have to, right? But it's not a lot of targets been, yeah. been removed with Cal, uh, Calvin he, and Megatron. Even just got, red zone targets. Exactly. And he got, he, got, he got 85 Six. targets. Six red zone targets, and that's oh the God. one. Re- one touchdown last year, and I'm going to tell you right now. Looking at this, and this is the last thing I'm going to say. I like the way his yardage and actually his receptions over his first three years are kind of are double are, are kind of doubling each year. So maybe his year four is going to be awesome, and he's going to have a thousand yards. He's going to have eighty catches, but he's got seven TDs through his first three years in the in the league. Let's also remember. They used Anquan Bolden down by the goal line. They didn't use Eric Ebron. So now Anquan Bolden's gone. They, they can put him in the slot to run those routes. I still really like Ebron. Going in, come on, guys. He's How old is Eric Ebron right now? 24 years old? Yeah. You're younger than some of these guys are going to get fucking 24. drafted. You're younger than some of these guys going to get drafted, and he's already been in the league for three years, you know, mastering his craft. Uh, He's a freak in terms of 40 yards and size-adjusted speed score. I just think Ebron, it's going to come together for him this year. They need that another other threat, and Ebron, if he gets 100 targets, he's going to be a huge return in value for you. I mean, in terms of per target, per game basis, he would have been right around 100 targets again last year. Uh, he improved his catch rate this season. He's been better, you know, after the catch the last couple seasons. He's now starting to play more in the slot. Um, the, the thing that really sucks is they don't, you know, use him on vertical routes where he can be effective. He's got one of the lower, uh, you know, average depth of targets. So I, I still think Ebron's got a chance for more. I'm just worried about touchdowns. Yeah, and he did touchdown. have a rushing touchdown last year. Did he? But it, it was technically a rushing touchdown, but uh, it was probably it was that reception. It was a yeah, it was a, no. no, it was a play drawn up for him to where they threw him a screen. It counted as a rushing touchdown, yeah, but it was that. technically a pass play. Here's the thing that's a bummer with him. One, he's never had a 100-yard game in his career. Three years. I, but I agree with you. The progression says with touchdown and yards, he's going to be good. But he had a touchdown in week one last year. Didn't have one more the rest of the year. I don't know about that catch or whatnot. But uh, he, he, 2015, he, that was his touchdown year where he had five. 
uh, it's just it's just it's just bleak. But I I don't disagree that if if he gets it done this year and he, he makes that makes that makes it happen, it could be it could be a season. But if not, uh, write this fucker off. I mean, I took him in our mock as my second tight end. I think that's to have Eric Ebron as your tight end too. And I took him after guys like. O.J. Howard went off the board before him. Nope. Jack Doyle went off the board before him. So I, I, I came to a point, nope. even though I'm not a huge fan, you're like, the upside's there, like Stagfire was mentioning. Even though I'm not a fan of him, if over a dozen tight ends have gone off the board and Eric Ebron's sitting there, for me, I'm like, and I already have a guy, like I took Martellus Bennett, that's the perfect situation. That's what I think a lot of owners, fantasy owners that are listening, need to pay attention to. If, if Even if you don't like the guy and he keeps falling, don't, don't be a... Dumbass, take it because he's going to return value one way or another. And it's on, he's on a team that no matter what, a year in and year out, the Detroit Lions are a top five team in passing attempts. Oh, 4,000 yards at least every time. Passing attempts out, out the wazoo. So let's uh, move on to the Green Bay Packers. Martellus Bennett, he's a little long in the tooth as well. He's getting old himself. I'm not, I, I'm not buying into this whole program at all. Um, Stags would love to hear what you have to say about this fella. Um, do you think all of a sudden now on this team he's 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 a bona fide stud, or do you think he's going to be good? I mean, he was a stud last year. He was seven hundred receiving yards and seven touchdowns. He had multi touchdown games. He had, you know, and he did it on very fucking limited targets. Uh, just had seventy three targets last season but was the number seven overall tight end in standard scoring. Bennett's a guy who can be an inline blocker for you. He can do it all. He's going to tough it out and play as many goddamn games as he can. It, it's a rare instance where Bennett doesn't play 16 games in a season. Uh, with Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball, I think he's got a lot of red zone upside. No more sort of... Uh, other receivers to take advantage of Aaron Rodgers uh, in that aspect. Because Rodgers hasn't really been much of a tight end guy. Is it because he hasn't had the tight end to do it with? I mean, since when? Because he always throws it to the target, uh, the tight end, eighteen percent of the time. He's just always very consistent. That's with how low, he, isn't it? Not not super low. I mean, he's like right around average. He's going to have average di- distribution to each player. But we've seen Rodgers use the tight end. Who has he had over the last couple of years? Richard Rodgers? Rodgers. That's what I'm, I'm, that's, that's Richard what I'm, I'm saying. I'm agreeing with you. But, I'm saying, has he just not had the guy? Okay, throw? before that, Jermichael Finley. Jermichael Finley had 90 target seasons. Uh, and Bennett's a similar style player to him. So I'm definitely excited for Martellus Bennett. I just think he's got touchdown upside. The yardage should be there. Target should be there. Uh, he steps into a good situation where they do target it. I mean, where Jared Cook was available, Evan uh, Aaron Rodgers heavily targeted him. So I, I like that. You know, we've seen Richard Rodgers finishes the top 12 tight ends just based on touchdowns uh, in a couple years with Rodgers because he's not a very good runner himself. Bennett's just got more athleticism than anybody else in that pack. So in the back end, tight end one range, Martellus Bennett's right there. Cool. I I, I agree. I agree with that. I, I don't want him on my team, but maybe... I, I, I don't know. I don't want him on my team, but I, I think you're right on everything he said. Uh, Lance Kendricks coming over. Nothing. He could siphon some targets. 
I mean, he's, he's, same thing with he's actually much better than, you, than he's a better tight end than. I, I like Kendrickson uh, for the Rams uh, in Los Angeles. There, um, Lance Kendrick's the kind of guy. He's he's a great athlete. He can catch with, uh, he can catch with balls. Yeah, I and mean, I think he's gonna catch at least probably thirty. He could catch like thirty passes. I mean, it's an Aaron Rodgers offense. Everyone's gonna touch the football, you know. And uh, Richard Rodgers, he may get a few. He's gone. But the thing no. is, no, he, I mean, he's, he's he's young, so they don't really. There's no reason for them to cut him. Everyone's gonna get playing. I'm just saying, he's not just gonna get any opportunities. They, 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 they both can slice some targets, but yeah, I think Marty is he's, he's gonna be the guy that they lean on. He's gonna be the guy out there. The What's Marty's uh, ADP right now? He's going as an 11 tight end off the board, so one before Eric Ebron. That's in, in what I'm looking at on the uh, fantasy football calculator in a 12 man league. He's going in the late ninth round. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's I think right. there's some serious value there. So, all right, cool. Uh, let's move on to the Los Angeles Rams. Tyler Higby, rookie last year. Someone that I think you hear whispers of a. He's got the talent. He's got the. Um, he's got the mindset. He's got the. Uh, the toughness. Is he gonna do it though? I mean, I mean he's six foot six, two hundred fifty pounds with great measurables. He wasn't involved much last year at all, but I think slowly but surely with the overhaul of the team that the Rams are doing, Higby should be somewhat relevant. Uh, Jared Goff's going to need to continue to lean on guys like Higby and the size of Higby to uh, pull him out of a bind, and there's going to be a lot of binds that he's going to be pulled out of. Um, I think he's kind of cleaned up his uh, his attitude. I think he realized that, hey, I want to be a football player. You know, sure, I'm going to have to see it to believe it, but Tyler Higby, I think he could be a guy that's going to stick around for a while. Higby, I've got some concerns with. He's he's not, I mean, he's big, but other than that, he's a 4'8 athlete. Not, he didn't really test well, didn't test pretty much at all uh, in pro day. So we don't really know how great of an athlete he is. Uh, he's a lot of an unknown. And the NFL put a fourth-round price tag on him in the draft. He went in the fourth round. So, that, <coughs> yeah, I mean, his overall price, overall, yeah. his issues, like, they didn't value him that highly. But he's the number one. Uh, it's a fucking Jared Goff-led offense. I'm fucking done. And, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to stop there. But the thing is, it's, it's pretty much Tyler Higby there for a tight end. He's going he's gonna to get that snap share. Um... Sure, it's, it's a Jared Goff offense, but they're slowly but surely that offense is going to kind of. There's no room to go but up. So, you know, but it is what it is. You know, let's let's see how that goes. Um, but hey, yeah, I mean, one guy like if if we if I can move along, is that fine? One guy I want to talk about is like Kyle Rudolph and the Minnesota Vikings. Kyle Rudolph, I like. Let's let's get to that. A lot better than Tyler Higby. I love saying this term because I don't say it with a lot of guys. But uh, Rudolph, right, the, 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 the red-nosed reindeer here, is a target hog. I mean, Sam Bradford loved the dude. And the fact that Sam Bradford's still around, I'm cool with that. And Kyle Rudolph says he's like, my best football is ahead of me. He, he doesn't appear to be stopping where he was last year. A lot of people are like, so did we just see his career year? Hell no. This dude's talking like he's fired up to play some football. This dude loves what he does. He plays really well. He knows how to he knows how to run routes. He knows how to get open in a in a stingy like in stingy uh, situation. So um, the fact that Bradford's still around, I think, is the biggest beneficiary to Rudolph right now. 
right now. I know we would love to see probably a better quarterback, but he worked out really well last year, and I think they're going to continue on in the same kind of sense. I think we're loving everything. I don't. I, I, I love the quarterback for him. I think the only thing we want to see is um, a better catch percentage off of his targets because he's a tar- had more targets than any other tight end last year, but you know still had a ton of catches for the position, but could have been. Would have been nicer if it was a little bit more. The yards were down, um, touchdowns were were, were, were pr- pretty well, and you know overall in a non PPR and even in PPR probably uh, you know definitely top five, but in non PPR is the second overall tight end. Where was that guy being drafted last year after getting, letting people down two years in a row previously? That was probably the biggest green light ADP value player. Uh, one of, one of a handful of the best uh, ADP values at a, across any position last year. Yeah, no doubt. He's actually, people are starting to understand him a little bit more, but he's still only going as a 10th tight end off the board. And the thing is, I'd be a little bit more worried if he was much more touchdown dependent last year, but only 33% of his fantasy points and standard scoring from last year came from touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, he's also getting those yards. He's got he's got that, that, that uh, yards per catch and yards after catch uh uh, he's capable of pretty much working his way across the field and scoring points for not only his football team but our fantasy teams as well. I do think his targets fall back to earth a little bit with healthier seasons from Stefan Diggs, sort of a full season from Adam Thielen, and you know more from the running back position. I think you know the combination of all the players should end up being a little bit better to where it brings down the volume of the offense overall. But I still think Kyle Rudolph should be in line for 100, 110 targets. And at the tight end position, that's one of the higher rates uh, for projections. So I, I like Rudolph, and we know his quarterbacks likes the tight end position, and we know he's you know pretty accurate as a game manager getting him the football, so I like that. Uh, overall, I like Rudolph, but they let go of their depth. They let go of their depth. Um, in the form of Michael Pruitt last season, so mm-hmm. they've got real, really nothing behind Rudolph, which is good for him. He's entering the prime of his career at 27 years old, going to probably be 28 during the season next year. I like where Rudolph's heading. I just don't. I, I draft him more as the back end tight end one rather than where he sort of finished last year. Cool. Well, before we go on to the New Orleans Saints, uh, let's listen to this. The Saints signing AP, going with the double running back situation. Fleener, I think we all think he's going to have a little bit of a better opportunity this year. The expectations are coming down. Maybe the uh, knowledge of the system and being uh, integrated and feeling more confident with his role within the Saints uh, rises. Uh, Tell me about Fleener. Other than that, it's pretty Josh Hill is here or there, but what are you, what are you guys feeling on Fleener going into his second year with the Saints? I think pretty much everything you said is going to be Kobe Fleener. We should see a little bit better of everything just based on the fact that he is going to be the tight end in New Orleans. And when you are a pass-catching option for Drew Brees, I mean, you should <laughs> you know uh, maintain relatively good numbers. It didn't work out last year. Uh, but that's, I, I think that's not to be expected. Um, 
You could do worse for a tight end too. Listen, he, he he's a guy that he continues to fall in drafts and he peaks oh my, my yeah he peaks my he's interest. he's at he's at twenty he's he's at twenty yeah he's actually an NFL tennis he's going to sixteen tight end off the board which at that price it's hard to say no to that guy just because he Jeez. is Drew Brees is his quarterback um, I have stumbled across him a couple times couldn't pass him up. He's not a guy I'm like really looking out to get. I don't think anyone's ever going to say that. But you could do worse for a, a second tight end. Definitely not a, a first tight end guy. Don't wait that long. But he's a guy to have there sweeped in there towards uh, later rounds. I mean, he's a guy in a pass-heavy offense of the Saints that just let go of 120 targets with Brandon Cooks. Uh, we've seen that he's a freak athlete, and he's also a freak for dropping passes. But... He gets open, and Drew Brees trusts him to launch it to him. He's a vertical threat in this offense. I, I sort of like you know, Fleener. I'm, I just can't trust him as a tight end one after the flop he put up last year. So he's got to be that backup tight end two. He will not be a number one tight end on any of my teams. But if I do go with the tight end two, Fleener's a guy whose offense I trust enough. I wanted to say that he um, kind of stepped it up in the second half of the season, but it absolutely was not the case. Uh, he just never really, he never really got the grip, never really got going. But we'll see. I agree. That in, in what I, you're looking at MFL tens, I'm looking at uh, that the, the draft calculator, and he's going 20th tight end. Uh, I'll take I'll, I'll take a stab at that guy just yeah. to see what happens. I, I love the. FF calculators like ADP values more so when we get maybe in the uh, like July August September time frames just because there's less of, of an artificial intelligence in, in it. The MFL tens I think there's a, a really good value to be had of these going into season long leagues because a lot of people draft the same. You know, there's some guys with upside. The one thing I will those. say is that I and I agree I agree with you. All this stuff it's real early. The one thing I like with the draft calculator is it tells you how many people have drafted and done it. Right. So you can get the sense. I like it. When we yeah. were talking about it a month ago and I was bringing it up, it was like 365 people have drafted Kobe Fleener. Where now you're over 1,000. So at yeah. least you're, getting, you're seeing that more and more people and there's... Absolutely. There's, there's I, 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 I love that site. Highly recommend it. Uh, let's go on to... You, you want Josh Hill? No, I actually wanted to jump on the, the Giants here. Okay, I'm ready. I'm fired up. Okay. All right, so Will Ty, he's bad. Jarrell Adams, he's bad. Let's move on. Jarrell Adams is another athlete athlete who, if given an opportunity, who knows, but I'm just glad that Larry Donnell is gone. Finally! Oh, my God, you're so happy. By the way, if your name is Jarrell, you better be good at something. (laughs) I mean, you're fucking Superman's dad. He's only got one R, though. (laughs) Oh, you just knew that. How the hell would anyone know that? The only thing I know is this is my next birthday. All right, I agree. New York Giants, fuck them. Most boring fantasy team ever, besides OBJ and OBBJ, whatever. Um, Philadelphia Eagles, Ertz. Oh. God, if that guy could do what he does no. in the last three weeks, God. every game. Yeah, I'm, I'm done with him. I wish he was here. Wasn't he the one that was like? I'm over it. I, I no, I, I'm done. I'm done with him. I'm done too. I mean, he's he's always overrated, and now they just added more receiving options in Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith. I mean, 
And then you're going to put Jordan Matthews in the role he's probably more comfortable in, and you're going to expect Zach Ertz to somehow like give you top ten tight end, uh, you know, numbers. No, I'm like I'm so sick of waiting. Zach Ertz, I don't care. I don't even care if he finally breaks out. I'm like. He, he, he breaks out all the time in the last four or five weeks. Sure, but he's 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 never you never get the value that you draft him at. He's always going higher than what he. You does. know that you know the reason why though, because he's only, he's like one of the only guys that can get fifteen targets, fifteen twelve catches, and he also is one of the few tight ends that can go over hundred yards but, on sure. on demand. But can he do that now with all the new receiving options in Philadelphia? Probably not. I mean, all it does, but I'm just—it just, just hurts. He goes man. over eighty yeah. yards. He just like when you look at the sheer numbers and you don't look at where his draft position is, he—he's—he's yeah. he's top five. So Zach Ertz could enter the season healthy. I mean, he's had a preseason injury what, each of the last two preseasons that has caused him to uh, miss a couple games in the first you know few weeks of the season. When he's out there, he's a dominator, a target hog. I think Carson Wentz isn't a guy who's going to push it down the field no matter what. So I like that for you know Ertz's ability. I think he's got the most rapport with him right now. Um, so that I like. I just don't know if the overall target share is going to be as high as it was last season, and especially towards the end of last season when we talked about he had all these down-end games. Ertz, I like, but right now his price just seems too high for me. You're paying the upside price, and you're not factoring in any of the downside of a guy like Alshon Jeffrey, who could take 20% of the targets, and Torrey Smith, who could take 12 to 15%. Uh, Jordan Matthews, who's probably going to be in there 18 to 20. The running backs are going to get some in a Doug Peterson offense. And also, they run with a couple different tight ends. Uh, I mean, they had the most targets to the tight end position last season. Uh, the Eagles, with, and they use guys like Trey Burton and Selleck. Brent Selleck out there on occasional routes. So and they're 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 talking about drafting a, 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 an all-purpose type of running back as well. That's going to eat into more targets as well. All yeah, right, I mean, we're done. I just, don't wanna, I just don't want to pay the price. I don't want to pay the premium I have to pay for Ertz, even though I like him. I think he could come close to returning. There's, there's, yeah, there, there's always that. He, he that doesn't seem like price. a bust. Over the last two years, I mean, you look at his receiving yards, he'll be, what, top seven in tight end receiving yards over the last two years. Yeah. The receptions, he's way up there. So the, those are good things. Lots ebbs and flows, peaks and valleys. He's, he's increased his fantasy points each of the first four years he's been in the league. For sure. Um, all right, before we get to the San Francisco 49ers and close in on these last four teams, have a listen to our sponsor, and let's keep these lights on. I won't talk about anything dirty. I like to do it with the lights on. <laughs> we all do. We all do when they're cute. <laughs> San Francisco 49ers. Vance <laughs> McDonald. <laughs> that, that We were talking earlier. We did. We went pretty long with the rookies, which is one of the reasons why the show has gone long here. I don't care. We're still, it's still kind of early, but so many people are like, comparable guy, Vance McDonald. Yeah. I mean, uh, 
He's he, he's he's the guy there right now in uh, Kyle Shanahan offense. He's an intriguing option, I think. He's uh, people are buying him just based on his his metrics and the fact that he's going to be put in an offense that is probably going to get him the football. He's one of the twenty nine tight end off the board. He could flourish with Kyle Shanahan. He could not, you know, who knows? But he could also flirt with those tight end two numbers at a tight end three price. So I mean, it's it's worth kind of looking at. I I've always had a I don't know. I never loved Vance McDonald, but I've always liked him. You say you had a thing for Vance yeah. McDonald. Yeah. You know, this, there was a when, when your name is Vance and your hair looks like that, you it's just hard to say. Oh no. my God, that jawline! You ever say jawline? <laughs> is that a steak jaw? <laughs> Fucking Vance McDonald's. I, I sort of like him. Is one if I ever pick a. <laughs> so I love the way you answer. Fucking Vance McDonald. I sort of like him. Uh, I mean. <laughs> Just, just looking at, if it's I'm looking line. for a sleeper, Vance McDonald's gonna be it. Like, what he did in the games with Colin Kaepernick throwing on the ball, and now they're going likely to a Brian Hoyer. I think Hoyer's much more accurate with the football. In fact, I know that's true. <laughs> Shanahan's gonna run an under-center system, and usually under-center systems allow for quick play-action passes to the tight end position. There has been very few players that have been better after the catch at tight end than Vance McDonald. He's got a, sort of elite measurables to go along with that. Now he just needs to put together a full season. Uh, he, when he was in there last season, he had three games with double-digit fantasy points. Uh, he hasn't really put together that 100-yard game. But he's shown ability to score some touchdowns, and he's shown the ability to make big plays. And now in a Shanahan offense where his targets could, you know, significantly increase, I think there's a good chance that Vance McDonald uh, turns in back-end, tight-end one numbers. I mean, yeah, I I think he's intriguing as hell. I, I, I mean... I agree with everything you're saying, but I think he's more of a safe bet with tight end two. But sure, we can see it happening. I mean, everything if, if everything works out right there, we, we know what Kyle Shanahan can do. If he can really turn around that quick with Brian Hoyer at, uh, behind center, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I also just don't trust Jeremy Curley, no, Bruce right. Ellington, yep. and the other, you know, I'm not I, – I like Pierre Garçon, but I know he's not the most athletic player in the league. And he gets pretty pissed off when things are going his way, so he could, I could see him getting be moved out of a, a game script pretty quickly and someone like Vance people slide in. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's not relevant. We're talking too much about a guy named Vance. No, but I, but I like the way it's a new – there's a new regime there. So there's a new there's a new decade happening in San Francisco all around, and I think that affects a guy that was a high-ish pick, second-rounder in Vance McDonald who's – Actually been all right over the last couple of years on a lot on low targets and been able to come up with uh, four, three touchdowns, whatnot. Um, we'll see. I, I kind of agree with what Stag says. Under center with a Hoyer, even or even if they draft a, a rookie quarterback and, and he starts playing, we know what that means. The rookies are going to need to want to get the ball out of their hands faster, and that just helps a, a tight end that can That's actually get some stuff done. What? It's a myth. Rookie quarterbacks actually don't throw to tight ends more. I love that myth, though. I'm going to continue to believe it. I don't care. Narrative streets. Oh, shut up. You're a myth. You're a myth. I am the man, the myth, the legend. (laughs) 
<laughs> God damn you. No, you're not. Um, all right, so let's go on to the Seattle Seahawks. Jimmy Graham, God, that guy came back, and I, I thought he was done. I thought he was done, done, done two years ago. Did all right. Came back halfway through the season. Did all right. Last year, beast mode. Yeah. He's legit, so he's right back in, in the discussion of top tight ends being taken. What are your expectations, either of you guys, for um, for what he's going to be able to produce this year, knowing that he's going as the sixth tight end? Well, in, you know, in, in, I don't know why I want to say this, but right now when I see Jimmy Graham, I want to say he came, he saw, he conquered. I mean, I think he he uh, he did really well based on his situation. I expect more of the same this year for Jimmy. He's going as the, the sixth tight end off the board. He's uh, an entire year removed from his torn patellar. Um, he claims, I read this in the Roto-World blurb, that uh, he barely even worked out last year just because of his injury and his re- rehabilitation. So it makes sense. I mean, if you know what your body's capable of, you're probably not pushing yourself to become a better player because he's already a pretty elite athlete, you know, for, for uh, especially in the Seahawks. Um, he seems fired up to go all out this season. I think he's absolutely worth it. Tight end six, uh, you know, six tight end price. He could be easily, he could easily be a top three tight end by the end of the year. Yeah, I agree. Like his price doesn't have his upside baked into it like all the other players do. Like usually you're paying that exact price. Like if you want a top three tight end, you got to drop Kelsey, you got to draft, you know, Reed, and we know about Gronk, but. Jimmy Graham's a guy who could finish up there in that tier, and you don't have to pay such a high price. I like Jimmy Graham a lot. Uh, we know it's basically just him and Doug Baldwin as the centerpieces to that offense. That's it. And last year, you know, he he came out strong, but that injury is gruesome. He's like the first player ever to come back from it, and now that we're going to see him with another season removed, I think big things are in store for Jimmy Graham. I think having that rapport with Russell Wilson that he didn't even have in his first year, that's something big for them to build on. And now he trusts him. And we saw with those scramble plays that Graham now found ways to make himself available. Let's just think about it. He's one or two plays away from being the number one tight end last year. That's how that's how many points and that's how well he did. It, it was it was very, very close at that position. Kelsey and non-PBR finishing at 136 and Graham finishing at 124. So there's there's essentially like a, a mediocre distance touchdown there where he's the number one tight end in non-PPR. And he's catching plenty of passes. Eh, no, he's not catching his, enough passes. His targets weren't, weren't even there. Yeah, he, was, he was under, he was 95 targets. So imagine if we can get him up. Are they going to, they're not going to draft a tight end or anything, but do, don't they need a, another wide receiver? I mean, can you think about a team that they, should be a, better of a Super Bowl contender, but their offensive weaponry is so mediocre. They just they they're going to spend a mid round pick on one at best, and I don't think that affects Jimmy Graham. What pick like, is that this year? Twenty eight. Twenty six. Actually, I just remember. Sorry. But they're going to they've got to build up that old line, and they've got to build up you know start taking DBs the back and... end of the defense if you're going to let Richard Sherman go. You've got to rebuild some of the stock that made you such a dominant, dominant team. I feel like that offense, uh, or that whole team, has done a poor job of stocking its uh, its cupboards. 
to be honest. With having the kind of money that the, that the franchise has, I don't know. They just it doesn't feel like they're filling it right. Anyway, um, I think we can move on to anyone else to talk about on the no, Seahawks. I, no, I, I just want to mention Jimmy Graham. Just pay attention, everyone. Just pay attention to him. And if if, if he falls in your lap, you gotta take him. He's he's probably gonna. He can carry you to the championship. You're going to pay a high price for him, but he's going to reap greater rewards. There's a really good chance. I, I like him. Stag probably likes him. D-Rex, you said you like him. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's consensus, which is really hard to find. Jimmy Graham's going to be a good guy this year. Well, I think the one thing that's – I agree. The thing Stag said, it makes – the upside of him isn't being considered on the draft pick. So the ADP is is – is is solid on him, and he's beyond a, a terrible injury. Like, would you rather do Jimmy Graham at six or Hunter Hunter Henry at eight? That that's what's looking like right now. Yeah. Seriously, it's ridiculous. It's a no-brainer. All right, Cameron Brait and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They've added uh, Deshaun Jackson. They still don't have really much change happening in that backfield. We like Winston coming into his third year. And Evans is, was one or two, and depending on how you're league scoring. Is Bray a stud this year, or did, was he a, uh, a moment, uh, kind of a flash in the pan last year? Are they going to do something at that position? In what between, are you guys doing? In between. Like, it, I, I don't think he's a flash in the pan. I think he's going to be involved in this offense, but I also don't think he's going to score eight touchdowns again. Like, Mike Evans is going to be more involved. Deshaun Jackson is going to take some deep. They're going to get some involvement from the running backs, especially if they add a running back, you know, tomorrow or this weekend. I think that's a high, high probability thing for them to do. Brait isn't the greatest athlete. He's just sort of a guy who was open in the end zone. Um, I don't know if that... (laughs) That continues at such a high rate. People are going to pay more and more attention to him. But, yeah, he was a smart guy, but still undrafted, you know, 4'8", 240. He's not the, you know, thickest tight end around at 235 or 240 pounds. He's not the most athletic or agile. He wasn't a dominator in college. Uh, You know, his slot rate was right there with the top receivers in the league and our top tight ends in the league and now with an addition of Deshaun Jackson and Adam Humphreys how much do they let Cameron Braid out there to play the slot sure uh, well you know I agree there is a regression incoming there has to be but what makes me feel a little bit more comfortable about Cameron Braid maintaining the, that those red zone targets is the fact that they only brought in Deshaun Jackson who is a completely different kind of player who isn't going to compete against targets in that red zone. So it's still going to be Cameron Bray and Mike Edmonds in those scenarios. Uh, it worked out really well last year for them to target Cameron Bray. Um, he should still be that big red zone threat. Um, you know, he's, 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 he's going as the 13th tight end off the board, which I do agree is a little high. But if you are paying a tight end two price, he should still deliver tight end two numbers. But I think he's kind of being priced a little bit high based on his numbers last year. The offense is going to change a little bit with the addition of Deshaun Jackson. And I expect to see a little bit more from Mike Evans, and I think the rest of us do as well. Let's be honest. He's going right now ahead of, in what I'm looking on the calculator, Cameron Brace at 10, which is ninth round, early ninth round. He's going ahead of Ertz, Bennett, 
Well, Darius Green, I can't believe he's still up there. <laughs> uh, O.J. Howard, Antonio Gates, Ebron, Julius Thomas, Jack Doyle, Fleener. I agree with about half of those. Half of those? Yeah. One I, of them being Ladarius Green? No. Going, I'm, I'm, going, I'm, 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 hold on, hold on. Going ahead, like, I gotta like phrase the question again in my head. He's at 10. I mean, he's ahead of everyone I just mentioned. Which would, is, would you guys rather have Cameron Brait or you said, um, who was the last guy you just mentioned? I'm sorry. Uh, Doyle. Fleener. Colby Fleener. Fleener. I think that's Brent. where the line is. Really? Is I'd that, rather have Fleener. So that's, I, I think that's where it's close. So we're actually banking off of more of a touchdown output or in re- re- reception output. So a lot of us are still kind of probably relying on his touchdown numbers to go up when, in theory, we should rely on his receptions and his yards to probably go down. So do we think he's going to maintain those touchdown numbers? I mean, the thing is, he had more targets than Fleener did last year, and he had more receptions than Fleener did. Like, I don't think Fleener's on his level. But Bray's, those numbers for Bray are more than likely to go down. I don't know. I don't know if those numbers. They actually have the down. exact amount number of targets. I don't both know. Both at eighty-two. Now, what he did, he was able to, and uh, they uh, Fleener had fifty catches, and Braid had fifty-seven. Fleener had a little thirty less yards, but five less touchdowns. I think Braid down, Fleener up. I'm, I'm just feeling Ever so slightly, though, right? I mean, yeah, I, mean, I don't think either. You would assume Brake's numbers will go down a little bit more than they would go up. Simply put. Slightly. So, therefore, you probably expect him to maintain a. I sort of expect the Allen Robinson bungee effect. <laughs> so, your targets go up, your receptions go up, your touchdowns go down. Just because you proved yourself as an adequate player, now they want to see what they can do. But right. hey, Tampa Bay can add a running back that changes the target distribution a little bit. They could add a third wide receiver that does that. They could add, add a fucking tight other tight end. Yeah, and then everything I just said doesn't matter. And one thing, one thing I want to say, just to your point, is that uh, Fleener did play 16 games and Bray played 15, so he missed the game. So you know, not sure. just just trying to help your cause out because I know you get mad when you're wrong. <laughs> How am I wrong? Are we gonna bet Fleener versus Bray? No. I mean, do you want him? Oh, you pay up? <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, I'd well, rather do a different. I'd rather, do, I'd rather do a different bet. PPR <laughs> standard. I don't want. I don't Let's want to talk about on, the Redskins. I don't want to bet on any of the two ugliest guy, ugliest <laughs> white guys in the Let's league. Let's talk about Jordan Reed. Yeah, we'll move on to the Washington Redskins and Jordan Reed. I loved him last year. Loved him the year before. I don't love him this year. Same story though. It's injury. I'm sure the injury and maybe they brought in some great ball players there in the, for the wide receivers. But at the same time, we used to be paying top two price, but now he's only like top three price. Oh wow, you really sold me on that. So that's a big teardrop. Here's the thing. I, I totally agree though. I mean, he can easily be the tight end one by the end of the season in any given season. He is just that incredible of an athlete especially in PPR leagues but the dude cannot stay healthy and after your third or fourth season of just breaking down and getting concussions. I thought you were going to say third or fourth or fifth or sixth concussion documented while he'll play high school, college, and NFL football. Like I think he has five documented concussions. Like the guy... 
could just have a major problem and miss multiple, multiple games because of a head impact at any time. No That's just the scariest thing. But in and that wasn't even his problem last year. In, in hindsight, though, Jordan Reed is the epitome of the risk is worth the reward. He is just a monster when it works out for him. I, I mean, he's... Uh, I, I don't have the courage to buy him this year. Yes, that's it. They're in fourth round. Oh, in a 12-man no. league, fourth round. Like, I'd rather wait around and pick up Greg Olson or Jimmy Graham. Exactly. But if, if people Jimmy. keep getting worried and you're falling in the situation where Greg Olson went before Jordan Reed, you're like, Shit. Because you can make the up Jimmy Graham argument that we just made uh, uh, sure. five minutes ago is such a nice one. You can support. I'd rather have Jimmy Graham than than Jordan Reed. Right you can now. support the price that you pay for Jordan Reed later with some of these tight ends that are going way in late rounds, like we talked about. Just someone like Jason Wayne. Sure, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's actually a better example, but it might be worth it. M- might be worth if he keeps falling to that fifth or sixth tight end. Pick up Jordan Reed, take someone else, in, in, you know, as uh, a, a top fifteen tight end, and then take someone even later. Because if you know Jordan Reed's playing ball and he's balling out, you can drop one of those guys, go for a waiver wire. What are the play. odds that uh, Cousins is traded tomorrow? Zero. Zero. Uh, zero. But what are the odds that zero? he's actually gone the next year for good? Oh, almost like eighty percent for me. I think he's, he's last year's arresting. Yeah. All right. One okay, percent. Can, can I, before we finish up, can I yeah. uh, can I chime in on two things? Yeah. So I couldn't help but notice that during us recording her heartbeat, uh, one is asked us a question here on Twitter. Any last thoughts before the madness tomorrow for the draft? You guys have anything you want to maybe share or call out or maybe just put on air before the draft tomorrow? I'll say personally, I want us to grab um, Adams. You said us as in Chicago, Chicago Bears. Bears. I want us to grab Adams. As, as a safety, I feel like since Erlocker, and he was a kind of douchey at the end of his career because he still thought he was a total beast and he wasn't, but I, I feel like this team needs like a galvanizing force, a leader, a guy that's a hard worker, a great player, and just a good locker room guy. So I kind of really want Adams. Uh, I think that that would be a great that that would be the pick that I want as far as the draft goes. Other than that. Um, I'd love to see Corey Davis go to the Titans because I just think that that team's got so much opportunity but are missing just that epic stud. And the last thing I'll say, and I said it on the wide receiver, AFC wide receiver show, I want Ross to go to the Bengals. I, I, I like a lot of those things. Here's the thing. I think the 49ers are probably going to take Adams. Uh, if they don't go quarterback or running back, like Adams kind of like thrown out there. There's, I like that too. I, I don't really him pass. Jonathan Allen, I still think is going to be a great addition for you guys. I know a lot of people. I don't think he'll. I think he falls. Allen. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people keep mocking everyone, but they they fail to keep mentioning how Jonathan Allen would be. I think a great great fit as you know as the three tech in Chicago. I, I'd rather have Solomon Thomas for the same position. Uh, I like Thomas as well. Um, what about you? Okay, so. I don't know who I'd like the Jets to take. I think trading down is smart. I'd like Lattimore. I, I pretty much like almost anyone because anything's better than what we have. But I think trading down is smart. <laughs> Here's a couple guys I want people to keep an eye on. Some people are throwing shade at Zay Jones. Freaking love the dude. He's going to be great. Whatever. Uh, Bucky Hodges, I talked about on the show, who I think is going to kind of turn some heads if he falls in the right situation. But we talked about tight ends today. 
OJ Howard, I meant to mention this earlier when we finished up the AFC. Don't be surprised if the Tennessee Titans take him in the first round. But with the, the, he'll be gone by then, won't he? No, no. I mean, five the, and eighteen. The, the well, t- they got five. They got five. Yeah, okay. that's what I'm saying. It, okay. it, because they may assume that the Jets would want to take him as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Titans yeah. at five. OJ Howard, who is a top ten talent, who should go off in top ten. It makes sense. I, I, I just want yeah. to kind of make no, a no, like in there. That's something I wanted to share. I want I want the Titans to do things with their offense. They can do anything. Marcus they got, that, they got an offensive more. line. They got that backfield situated. They got the quarterback thing. Just give them just. Passing game one. Give them pass, and then next year worry about the uh, fucking. Uh, put them in a situation where they got to keep up uh, this year on offense and just be the Phoenix Suns of it. And next year and years in future, worry about the defense. We talked about Eric Ebron. Uh, we talked. You talked about John Ross. How would you like that fit, John Ross for uh, Stafford or Ross? I don't like it too much. No. I, I think. Right. Well, I like. It. I like it. I just. It's got Stafford. Be I feel like Stafford's. The, the, the Lions don't excite me that much. I feel like the Bengals are missing, like... I think, uh, the Bengals... A.J. Green's missing, like, one thing that he's never had. I feel like John Ross is that. What do you got? I don't like the fit of Adams for the Bears. Just because... when Okay, when I build the defense, the, in my mind, how I start it is I either start it with a corner who can take down half the field... Or I start it with a free safety who can cover up the deficiencies for my shitty corners. And when I don't have a finished sort of defense, and even close to a finished defensive backfield, I I want a player who can cover up for more ground and take the ball away. But rather than, you know, doing so many different things, then I'd rather he do one or two things well. So you got Juan Lattimore? I'd prefer Lattimore. I'm, I'm team trade down. Team trade down. I hope Lattimore They're, 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 yes. they're not going to do that. So Lattimore, his injuries don't scare you? Because I like Lattimore. He's fucking... He's, I hope he falls to the He's beastie. He's beastie dude. To answer your question from the beginning, I, I I don't know. Like The more and more I thought about it as we went on, how many tight ends do I think are going to go off in the first round? Just one. Oh. I think it's going to be three. I, I, I think three. I'm gonna split the difference and go two. So. I think two is the safest bet. I just so it, was, is it Evan? Is it uh, Ingram or is no, it? Uh, I think Ingram is the second. Nyoku, Ninjoku, <laughs> Nyoku. Um, it's just. Well, what are your other favorite fantasy fits? Got me that. I mean, I Do you want Fournette to the Jags? Do you want? I like Michael Williams to Buffalo. Um, I like Delvin Cook to the. Bucks only if it's not going to work out for. Um, I want a oh, muscle hamster. So the thing is, I, I like want, that. I like that call. But but at the same time, I don't want him to screw over Doug Martin. I think he's <laughs> just going to be fine there. And I don't think Delvin. Doug Cook, Martin. I don't think Delvin Cook's a completely better athlete than Doug Martin. Here's I'm what I think is going to happen. I think it's going to be McCaffrey to the Eagles I at 13, the and then I think it's going to be Cook to the Colts at 14. And I love both that. I think where's Fournette come off the board? Colts there? have got to go defense. I think he's there. gonna go. He's, Colts he's, got fifteen. Though. I think he's gonna go four to Jaguars or eight to um, Panthers. You mentioned both the Eagles and the Colts, though. I really think they're both going defense. There's so many. There's great linebackers there in that in that area. Um, so, so, someone like Ruben Foster who can fall to the Eagles. Someone like um, um, another line. There's so many good interior linebackers that would work out for both of those teams. 
we want we want everything to be so fantasy no, relevant. Of you know? no, I am so guilty of that. Yeah. <laughs> There's no question about it. It's yeah. like I'm I'm like We're yeah, gonna have a draft show there's though, right? defense in there's defense in this league. Hey. <laughs> I my my favorite fit is Corey Davis to the Bills. Huh. Uh, I like Davis to the Bills because he's such a different receiver than Sammy Watkins. He remember when we thought Sammy Watkins when all he could do is run screens and you know slants. Corey Davis can run slants and run screens and just. He would add just a yak dimension to that offense that is awesome. Almost. And then I've got a few. What do you got? No, I, I just want to say I want to love Corey Davis, but I just want to see him run first and do stuff. The, the, the whole medical issues that he's had, um, I think he is going to fall a little further. I don't think he's going to go top ten. I don't think Buffalo may even pass him. I think a lot of teams are going to pass on him and just kind of wait and see. But yeah, I, I, pretty much all we want is a wide receiver there in Buffalo. So, and I want one. I want. I want a couple. I want AJ Green. Look at what this mofo has done. Obviously, last year his first year was. This guy has done so much with never having a complimentary wide receiver on the other side of him ever. Just he's that bargain basement BS. Uh, we need, I need to see another opportunity, a guy to take the, the top off, or even a, a Corey Davis, even a guy that's got a little more refined of a, of a uh, wide receiver action, uh, Williams, whatever. That's what I want to see literally more than anything else, because I think Dalton's awesome. Their running back situation's troublesome, but they got A.J. Green. Let's get this guy a guy that can make it so that it, he open it up a little bit. For I can't him. wait till we can uh, talk about this in like what next week. Or yeah, we're doing next one next Let's, Wednesday, uh, a week from tonight. We'll do uh, break it all down. We'll break down the draft, fellas. What up? What's up? Nice work. This is tight ends. We Stags made it sure that we were going to be under two hours, and we knew we wouldn't. But yeah, we here just, we are. We just ran the train on these tight ends, right? Hey, this <laughs> is what Pyro does. We don't skimp on anything. We just went through 32 teams and gave you every fucking tight end that's fantasy relevant, and that's what we do. And yes, the element. Hey, you <laughs> relevant. We talked about O'Leary. Relevant. Relevant. Yeah. What we're going to do now is we're going to listen to Link Ray, the guy, the man, the myth. Not Staggs is not the man, the myth. He didn't create Rockabilly. Link Ray creator. Good Billy. night. Love you, fellas. Can't wait for that draft. Can't wait for all the cool things that are happening on pyromaniac.com as a site. And uh, we love you. If you are listening to a tight end show for two hours and 50 minutes, means you're a fucking badass baller and you want to win this year. And guess what? You're in the right place. <laughs>